you see things about Welcome to Hoops Hole, everybody. Hey, you just heard me, uh, me saying something about being on the camera. Welcome to Hoops Hole, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Of course, we just got started. So welcome in. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3HoopSol, hashtag Hoopsol. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsol. You can also email us Hoopsol at D3Sports.com. I'm not promising we're going to have all our audio glitches worked out tonight, um, but we're uh, going to do our best. Uh, a little late getting on the air because, well... We were working out some audio glitches. Uh, one way to light us better, looks like it's backfiring too, because now you can see it in my glasses. Look right there. You see there's a light down there. I guess we'll work on that. <laughs> or I just won't be able to wear glasses ever. One of the two. We'll figure it out. Uh, so here we are, live on the air. Thank you for joining us. It's a Thursday night. It is NCAA convention Thursday night. Um, as <laughs> that's, that's just sad. We just had a food delivery order. That's that's not how Grubhub does it the best. But nonetheless, it is there. Um, anyway, so uh, NCAA convention, we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll talk about our guests coming up as well. Um, and again, if you got questions for us, join us. Love to hear from you. Hopefully, uh, stream sounds okay for you. We'll double check it as best we can um, everywhere we check it. Uh, let's talk about guests. Uh, a little bit under the radar is kind of our theme tonight. Uh, top 25, two of the teams are in the top 25, but just barely. Uh, and two of them are not. Case Western Reserve, Todd McGinnis, men's basketball program. Uh, you know I've talked about them quite a bit on this show. Uh, they are now in the top 25 at 24, tied for the highest ever for the program. We'll talk to Todd McGinnis coming up here shortly about his program. Marymount women's basketball coach Margaret White will join us. She's the new head coach at Marymount after a number of years at Ursinus. We'll talk to her about uh, the program, maybe not having, you know, a tremendous season by top 25 standards, but still a pretty good season. We'll talk to them about uh, the battle there and the Atlantic East as well. Well, then they hit the double top 25 double take. Two new gentlemen will join us on the panel. Uh, Brendan Gulick and Scott Peterson will join us to give us their take on the top 25. Uh, I'll be honest, love to get a woman's take on it, though we haven't found someone who's not a coach who's going to probably be willing to come on. Now we'll switch gears, talk Oswego State up in the uh, former East region, Region 3. Jason Leon will join us. They're ranked 25 in the latest top 25. We'll talk to him about that ranking and whatnot. And then Redlands women's basketball coach Rich Murphy will join us. They're having a great season overall. We'll talk about all of those particulars with him. They're barely getting any top 25 votes. So we'll talk about that. So that's kind of the theme, the under the radar per se, because teams are a little bit under the radar. Um... Again, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show as we speak. We'll try and keep an eye on things and make sure you, if you have questions there, we can try and get them answered. I know someone uh, messaged us or direct messaged us either via Facebook or Twitter a couple times last uh, show. Uh, just FYI, a little challenging for us to... Uh, um, oh, shoot. That's interesting. We may not be on Facebook. Let, let's let's make sure we're on. That's interesting. I hadn't seen that before. Uh, it's 
said test broadcast. I don't. Uh, how do how do we get it going live? Is the question. Huh. We'll try and make sure we're live on Facebook. That, I hadn't seen that one before. Sorry, folks. Got a little distracted. Tried something new, and it it may have just backfired on us. Um. I'll hit end test broadcast. Oh, maybe we won't be on. That's unfortunate. We'll try and get on Facebook somehow. It didn't work the way we wanted it to, which is a wee bit on the frustrating side. We'll try and fix that in the commercial break. Um, so there you go. Lots of ways to talk to us. Hope you're doing well and whatnot. Um, couple things of note. Again, the NCA convention, real quick. Um, today was the all-business session for all the association, meaning all three divisions. And the conversation was had about the Constitution and changing the Constitution. I know a number of Division three schools and even maybe even a conference stood up to say how much they were against it. Uh, I've been texted by a few people who didn't like the fact that this Constitution may go through because Division three isn't getting what many in Division three feel like it should get. I get all that. We had a special that we released on Tuesday where we discussed all of that and why Division Three couldn't get some more money out of the deal. The real trick of the question became, you know, if you don't approve it, nothing changes, and Division Three doesn't necessarily get to go back to the table and better its position. If you approve it, we at least don't have to pay the overhead, and a million and a half, two million dollars a year can stay in the Division Three budget. So it depends on how you look at that, right or wrong. I, I'd love to see more money. I'd love to see the division treated with a little bit more respect. But as a division that also doesn't bring in any revenue other than school dues, it's tough to try and ask for Division One's money. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm certainly not defending any particular position. Nonetheless, I uh, needed a two-thirds majority, and it got it. 80% of the entire association voted for the new constitution, so we now have a new constitution. And how Division Three moves forward on that we, we shall see. Now what we will keep an eye on is the legislative items that are up for discussion. And those include whether to bring back the red shirt uh, in Division Three, whether that should be approved. Right now, if you practice an entire season with your team but do not play, you still lose a year of eligibility. There's talk of trying to bring that back. I've heard from some that that will pass. I will be blunt. I think that's disappointing to hear because that is what I feel is the antithesis of Division Three, the idea is not to come in and try and position yourself to be here five or six years, to be at the division for five or six years, to be at your institution for five or six years. This isn't a scholarship situation. And so to purposely bring that back, listen, there's hardship waivers that are allowed. There's opportunities to give student athletes that extra year of eligibility, especially in the middle of COVID, by the way. We have blanket waivers that, that got approved yet again. So there's there are positions in place that allow this all to play out. So I don't see any reason, to be perfectly honest, that we need it. I need a red shirt in Division Three. Kind of glad we got rid of it. To see that it's coming back is disappointing. I'm hoping it gets voted down, but I'm hearing it may not be. Really, what might be better is to, to table it, to refer it, and let the division figure out itself under this new constitution to decide whether to bring it back. Another topic up for debate is the automatic qualifiers, whether we shrink down to um, six for across all sports. We discussed that on the Hoopsville special that we released on Tuesday. If you have not heard that special, I highly recommend you take some time to go listen to it. It was a great roundtable conversation um, with uh, three athletic directors 
and Angel Mason from Barry, Stevie Baker Watson from DePaul, Jason Fine from Bates, and Brad Banks and the commissioner of the ODAC had a great conversation, especially about the AQ. And really why that the more particular way of doing it in Division Three that would be smarter would be to um, have different AQ numbers per sport. Uh, we discussed that. It seems like the AQ may pass. That is going to help a lot of sports. It's also going to maybe screw up a couple sports as well. And then, uh, excuse my phone blinking and pop in there. Then we also talked um, about other things like the football uh, playing in practice changes and whether that should be split even into three bills. Pat Coleman certainly helped to try and break that down a little bit better as well. So lots to discuss. We had a great special on it. And that legislation, legislative session is ahead on Saturday. Friday, all the divisions get together for um, basically meetings and, and straw polls on future ideas and even straw polls on current legislation. That's sometimes how a legislative piece will actually get pulled completely from the conversation. Anyway, so it was an interesting it's an interesting convention already, but we're under a new constitution, the NCA, and we'll see how Division Three and all play out. Uh, quick mention, Mike Miller at um, Messiah. Congratulations. Win number 700 last night. If we had been on top of things a little bit better, basically we had the wrong number, uh, we would have made sure to get him on tonight's show. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we thought it was a little further away, and as a result, um, we'll have to get him on a future show. Also, quickly, we'll probably talk this about later in the show. Ryan Scott did a tremendously good article on the Around the Nation talking about minority coaches in Division Three. something we touched on on this show um, in the first half of the year and something we will continue to touch on uh, at the Hoopsville Marathon. We'll, we'll spin out Ryan's article a bit more uh, and find out, oh, we got a light we don't normally have on. Uh, we'll have a, a further discussion on that. Maybe we should have kept that on now that I look at it. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that light needed to stay on after all. There we go. That's interesting. You let us know what you like better. Anyway, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get going into our segments. Todd McGinnis of Case Western Reserve will join us to talk about his men's program, ranked 24th best ever in program history. What does that mean for the program? You listen to Hoops Hill. Presented by D3Hoops.com. We're coming to you from the NABC studios. Thanks to our partners at Blue Frame Technology and the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. Back with more after this. More schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. 
but then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. And welcome back to Hoops. You know, it likes doing that to us. Doesn't like us. Well, the audio's okay. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can always email us to Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Lots of ways you can contact us, and uh, we'll certainly love to take your call, as it were. Uh, try and answer your questions, whatever needs to be done. Um, let's get right into our next segment, because our next guest uh, patiently waited for us to figure out what was a stupid gremlin in our system, but we finally figured it out. They are ranked the highest they have ever been in program history, really tying the mark that they were at a previous time. Um, nothing to shake a stick at. If you've been listening to this show for the last few months, you've heard me at least mention Case Western Reserve because, well, they seem to catch my attention because they seem to be playing good basketball. What's really amazing is how well they've come together, uh, including with some uh, graduate and transfers. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the aforementioned head coach of the program, Todd McGinnis. Sir, as always, looking good. Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Love the positioning and everything. We got to talk about flip uh, cameras and all, but we'll talk about that some other time because everything's backwards on your camera, but that's okay. Um, curious. You and I talk a lot, and and one of the things we talked about in the offseason was you're like, hey, it's great. I got transfers and all that, and, you know, we could have a really good team or, or not. It really depends on a lot of factors. Uh, it seems like you got a really good team. What has been the factor that's working out so well? Yeah, it's um, it's been a good season. I, um, I'm happy for the guys. We've started out well. Um, yeah, the factor, I think they just get along. We have um, we've good players that seem to enjoy being around each other. And, um, you know, I, I think the thing that helps is they're competitive. Uh, I was just actually telling someone yesterday, at our practices, I, we don't scrimmage as much as we used to because by the end of it, they're ready to fight each other in a good way. You know, I mean, if they lose a drill or, you know, they um, someone doesn't guard someone, they're, they're holding each other accountable. And I think that's the biggest thing is just the accountability. And, you know, that that starts a little bit from, um, you know, uh, one of our uh, transfers, you mentioned Griffin Corniker. I think he just, he's won at Middlebury for his whole career. Um, and he holds guys accountable. And, you know, he's really helped change um, – you know, what happens within our program and, you know, for a good way. And, you know, I think that's just his, his ability to hold guys accountable has been um, what's helped gel this team. Yeah. You've got a couple of transfers. It's not just him. Um, well, he's obviously the big one, but you also have graduate students and other guys. I mean, you've had a little bit of a, of a, I don't want to say hodgepodge. That's a horrible way of saying it, but it kind of a pieced it together with different elements coming together for this year that you didn't necessarily have two years ago. Um is is this COVID experience a little bit funky to how you've normally recruited and put a team together and and kind of gone into a season? Is it just created a little bit of funk? And are you are you used to it yet? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, when the first time you've met, I've met some uh, recruits or players on our team in person was the first time they were on campus was when they moved into their dorms this year. <laughs> so uh, you know, you saw them on Zoom, you saw them on other aspects but you haven't been able to actually meet them in person or meet their families so you know when you they're walking around campus or they're here you're like okay I think that's who that is and you know <laughs> you just say hi and you know but you have and they have masks on so I said last year one of our guys I never saw him without a mask on I you know he never when he visited he had a mask on and every time we practiced or anywhere we had mask on last year and so they took his mask off I said oh Ian that's actually what you look like man 
and you know that's just me being honest i said you know it's it's been it's been interesting you know it's been interesting and you forget that when we went on our first uaa trip this weekend to nyu we've only had three guys that have ever been on a uaa trip and we take 14 and so 11 guys are i'm just used to it and they're you know expecting returners to know and i said we have three guys that are actually have been on one of these trips before so you know that was a that was a fun time to see guys that maybe haven't traveled like that at our level or other, you know, in New York city and, you know, seeing that. So that was, uh, but you know, you got to remember only three of you guys actually done this. So I got to say, Hey, you put your uniforms here and we do this and, you know, map out everything for them instead of just saying, Hey, we'll see you at the airport pretty much. Yeah. A little bit different. Um, I mean, Corniker's used to travel certainly, but maybe not on an airplane necessarily, for example. Um, yeah, I, I loved how you talk about. I, I'm curious, did you walk up to anybody that turned out not to be one of your players? No, we were good. We were okay. good. They uh, <laughs> can tell usually who they are, but you know, it's a couple of them never visit campus, and you know, now I think they got outside today, and they're on Monday, and they're 13 inches of snow. I got a couple of text messages, Coach. You didn't tell me it would be this much snow. I said, Oh, the lake didn't freeze over yet, so that's the only reason. <laughs> Uh, something that, yeah, that neck of the woods. I mean, if the lake freezes over, we got a conversation to be had. It's been cold. Um, again, first loss of the season came, or the only loss of the season came in the first game of the season, 88-74 to Eau Claire. I'm curious, what was it about that game that's different than the rest of the season? Honestly, if you look back on it, it probably is my fault a little bit. You know, I hate saying I, but like maybe our comes down to me a little bit with what we were playing. We played more zone than we have. I don't think we played zone since that game. Um, I don't think we've, um, you know, we guarded ball screens differently. We changed what we were running. We simplified some things. I think we were a little overcomplicated in that game, especially with a lot of new uh, new faces playing. And and we figured it out a little bit after that one and simplified some stuff. And, um, you know, we've been playing better since then. And, you know, it's uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Yeah, it's certainly been a fun ride. You got that win against St. John Fisher after Eau Claire and have gone the rest of the way. You got some big wins, maybe some wins against teams that previously looked like it was going to be bigger and isn't now, but then you got wins over teams that now look bigger, like Otterbein, for example. I don't know if a lot of people thought Otterbein uh, win would, you know, maybe a good 500 team, a little bit above 500. They're 11 and four. Hamilton, probably a game that a lot of people looked at and went, oh, that's a really good win. They're more closer to 500. So it's an interesting back and forth, but you've got wins over, again, Otterbein, John Carroll. Uh, now in conference, you've got wins over Carnegie Mellon and, and NYU. It's good to get into conference play. It's good to keep the momentum going. You're now on a program best 12-game winning streak. How do you now keep everybody grounded enough to understand that, yeah, we're playing well, but we have a lot still ahead of us? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I think our guys are pretty in a good spot right now. I, I don't think we really talk about the rankings. I don't think, you know, we don't really – discuss that stuff you know we just talk about okay we got a big game tomorrow night Emory's really good they one of the best players in the country and you know we we need to be ready to go prepared to play and you know I just think we're looking at it trying to you know everyone says one game at a time and that's really how we're approaching it and you know we're not really looking too far ahead and it's just okay I, I honest to gosh God uh, our guys are just happy to be playing after last year and not playing games and you know guys losing senior years and sitting around and doing nothing for all this time. I just think our guys are happy as heck to be out there competing against someone else. And, you know, more of our worries are, you know, guys asking about COVID and guys asking, is this team going to be here? And, you know, I think that's more of our worry than, 
you know, okay, we're, you know, we're ranked or whatever. I think guys are, or are we going to keep playing? Are we going to keep, you know, are we, are we still going? And, and they're just happy to be out there competing. I said, you know, and I, we talk about it all the time. Don't take any of these days for granted. These games are, you know, every game we play, you didn't have last year and, you know, who knows what happens. So I think that's where the, you know, the attitude is, okay, we'll worry about this next game and we'll go from there. Um, interesting take. Um, I'm curious. Let's talk a little bit about the individuals because we mentioned Corniker coming in again from that Middlebury experience. Um, but he's not necessarily the one that jumps off the stat sheet. When you look at things, you got Mitch Pendergrass leading the team at, in point in scoring 16 and a half points a game. Uh, also three assists on game on top of that uh, shoots darn well from the floor and shoots pretty decently from beyond the arc and don't foul him. Cause he's going to hit 91% of his free throws. Then you got Cole Frilling. He's at 16 points a game shooting really well from the floor, leading rebounder at it, nearly eight rebounds a game. And you got Ryan Newton. I'm sorry. Uh, I moved and, looked at Newton's name, but it's really Robert Fowler at 12 points a game. And then Ryan Newton at nine points a game. They're all upperclassmen. They're all seniors or a graduate student, a junior. And then you can certainly talk about Corniker at eight points a game. And of course, handing out an insane number of assists at almost seven a game. It's all upperclassmen. So is there, I mean, first off, give me a little bit of sense of the rest of those guys. And then is there pressure that you guys take advantage of what you got this year? Cause not everybody's coming back next year. Yeah, I can answer the first part. I don't think there's really pressure. I, um, I'm i just happy we're playing. And so <laughs> sure. I don't know. Honestly, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Let's knock that ball over. Uh, I do <laughs> weekly interviews and I place different stuff in the interviews with our SID, John Schwartz. Nice. So I, I made sure I placed some other stuff out today to see if anyone noticed. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think there's pressure. I, I'm pretty calm. I, I definitely calm. I've been doing this for a long time now. So I definitely calmed down. Um, so I, I'm just happy to be playing. You know, it's such a good group to be around. They compete. Um, you know, they, they want to win. They play, fa- you know, they're fun to play coach because they want to play fast. And every once in a while we play pretty good defense. And But, um, you know, just the guys like uh, everyone forgets that two years ago we had a season. Cole Frilling led to UA in scoring as a freshman, first team all league, rookie of the year. You know, so when people are talking about, oh, okay, you know, everyone in general, a national conversation, they forget there's a pretty good six, six junior sitting in Cleveland that's scoring 17 a game and averaging eight rebounds. And, and he hasn't really shot it well from three and, you know, he's due to get it going here pretty quickly. And then, you know, with uh, Bob Fowler, Bob's having a great UA season. Uh, he's just, you know, he just has worked his butt off. And, you know, if you'd have told me as a freshman or sophomore, he shot it this well from three, I, I, I might not believe it, but he's worked himself into being a 40% three-point shooter. And every time he think, shoots it, I think he's going in. And so, you know, he's done a great job and, you know, been a good leader. And Ryan Newton's a four-year player for – four-year player as his Bob. And, you know, Ryan's done a great job. And Ryan's a, a force around the basket and really changed his body and has really been, a you know, a positive influence on our team. And, you know, and then Brian Hines. Brian came from Franklin Marshall and, you know, he's uh, – been a great player for us shoots an insane percent from the field great defender and you know and then Mitch you know Mitch came from division one school where he's a walk-on but you know played in games started at St. John's in a game in his career and you know he just works like he's a good player and you know he can really pass the unique thing about our team is if you look at the six guards that I think play five to six guards all of them have a positive assist to turnover ratio that's pretty pretty impressive you know when you look at a whole as a group and you know, that's one of the best things we do is pass the ball. If you look at games that we've been winning, our assist turtles are through the roof. And, you know, we, we have very unselfish guys and they know who needs to be shooting. And, um, you know, it's 
it's a it's an easy group to coach and you know i used to think that the upperclassmen have are at the point where they're like hey we're gonna play our butts off to make sure we're not we don't lose this game and you know if we if we get beat we they better their team better have their best effort because we're bringing our best effort every night yeah certainly impressive to watch none like i said and uh and i've certainly been impressed especially since about well, december-ish um I am curious, and I kind of waited. UAA season is always a grind. Uh, you've gotten two games under your belt. Brandeis game not able to be played. First off, are you going to be able to make that one up, or is it just too difficult with the way the UAA is structured to try and make up any game in this conference unless it's your your travel mate? Yeah, I honestly, I I don't know what's going on with the Brandeis game. There's been talk of when they're here maybe playing back-to-back or oh, okay. hmm. something like that. So I, I haven't they would have to play a lot of games and four games in a weekend and we'd have to play three. I don't know how, how that would work. So sure. I mean, there really hasn't been that much talk. It, it, it hasn't been, it was postponed, I think not canceled. So I think, um, you know, we're trying to figure that out. And what was the other part of that? I, I... Well, it, the grind of the season in general, I mean, the, the, the UAA season is challenging in this in for so many reasons. Let's not even talk about the fact where, well, I mean, you can add in COVID adds on top of all that. You're just getting going here. What's how how do you approach the UAA season at this point in each weekend? Yeah, it's for people that haven't been through it. I you know I, I was the assistant at Case and I went to Hartwick and you know you play Friday Saturday there and you know you might have a bus ride in between an Empire Eight or you know you're in Rochester so that's not the worst. But here it's okay. You play Emory on Friday in Atlanta. You're flying to Rochester in the morning, playing Rochester Sunday, coming back and. And everyone plays different styles. It's, um, you know, it's a bear. Like it's, you know, you're playing against Emory who plays at a fast pace, um, trying to score a lot of points. And then you're playing Rochester runs the Princeton's off Princeton offense with the day in between. So, you know, you have to be pretty set in what you do on defense and, you know, pretty, um, pretty, I, I say simple. Cause if you're game plan and game, the game, it's, it gets difficult at times and it's just, you know, and then you look and you're like, okay, we have these two this weekend and we have Chicago and Wash U, and then, at Chicago and Wash U. So it is a, it is a bear coming up here. And, you know, it, I think I read in our preview with four out of 16, four out of our next six games, teams are either ranked or receiving votes. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's, it's not where it's not for the faint of heart. And, you know, you need, you need to be ready to go because you could think, Oh, we're playing great. And all of a sudden you play someone and you could get lose by 30 and you don't even know what just happened. Right. And you, you know, you thought you're primed to play great and someone else is ready to go and sitting there for you. How do you think you match up with a WashU or an Emory? Uh, just to name the the next two kind of in the list, since you've already played Carnegie Mellon, how, how do you how do you think you match up with the other two? Yeah, you know it's going to be interesting. Um, we, you know, Emory has Matt Sneer, so can we guard them? They have Roman Williams, Nick Stock, like you know those names. Everyone knows those names. You know Jack Nolan, Justin Hardy, like you. Everyone knows those names there, and are we are we up to the challenge? I, I, I think we are, you know what I mean? I, I hope we are, but you know, you don't know until you play them. Like, and so, you know, they're, they're good. Like you're watching them on film and you're like, Oh man, like we got to take this away. Or, you know, we're watching Matt Sneer just hit fade away after fade away on guys today. And our guys are like, coach, like, what the heck is this? I said, he's really good guys. Like, you know, you're not a co-player of the year in the UA as a sophomore, unless you're a really good player. And, and so, and you know, it's just trying to be, you know, take a little bit of stuff away. Can we keep scoring? You know what I mean? Can we get enough stops and, well, because when we're in transition, we're pretty hard to stop. I think we're almost averaging 90 points, and we don't really run much. You know what I mean? We just have good players, and 
someone's going to be open and they're going to make a shot. You're going to have to help off someone. And all of a sudden someone's going to be open and, you know, it's going in. We're really hard to beat. Can, with that in mind, um, how, how hard is, well, I, a little bit of a weird question. Previously here, you were at Hartwick. I'm curious, how much is it different for you coaching and recruiting for a UAA? Or is there more similarities than we realize? Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, you know, it's definitely different because, you know, working at such a prestigious school, the amount of inquiries you get from student athletes, um, you know, the amount of people that want to come here, you know, that, you know, it's a little, you know, our, our pulls narrowed down with the student athletes that, you know, can get accepted in the case Western, you know, top 30 private research university is not an easy place to get into. So, you know, I think it narrows it down where at Hartwick you could recruit everyone, you know what I mean? You recruit everyone and here you can't, you know, so your pulls really narrowed real quick and, you know, it needs to be focused and need to, you know, we're not here trying to win at all costs. We're, you know, these kids are here to get educated. You know, everyone's here to get education, but like they got to be able to do the work. Cause I think right now we have five pre-med guys on our team. We have six engineers, you know, so like we're all over the place. Yeah. We're not just, okay, we're in our business school or we're in this major, like we're in labs, you know, we practice and we have guys running from lab, running out to another lab. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a unique situation. It's, it's definitely, you know, your pool's a little narrow. I think, you know, you can get kids uh, in a little bit earlier. So you're not in March and May trying to find kids, you know, you already know who's going to be on your team. So it's, uh, you know, it's a great place to recruit to, uh, you know, case is such a case Western, such a great school. And, um, you know, it's kids want to be here, you know, and they want to, you know, they're coming here to go to Ohio state to med school to go to, you know, we have a couple guys at Ohio state med school, you know, to Bob Fowler has a job with JP Morgan already next year, you know, so like our guys are already have their plans, you know, where they're going and, you know, have many numerous job offers coming in their senior years, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. So it's a great group because, you know, you talk to some of them and I always say I'm the, when I walk in that room, I'm in our locker room, I'm probably the, um, not one of the smartest guys in there, but I did graduate from the uh, Princeton of West Virginia and the Harvard online. So that's my claim is there um, that I, I have that on the guys. He said, uh, you know, with the Bethany and the Princeton. Bethany. I was going to say, I don't know if I want to know the answers, even though I do know at least one of them. I don't know if I want to know the answers. I'm sure your alma mater is thrilled at the reference. Yeah. Princeton, West Virginia, number one state ranked school in the there state of go. West Virginia. Yeah, fair point. Um, I wonder if they'll change their um, mascot to the Tigers. That'll be interesting. Uh, hey, sir, always love chatting with you. I'm sorry we had to uh, kind of keep you waiting, truncate a little bit. We'd love to talk more with you, but we got to let you go and get on to the rest of the show. But as always, we give the, the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, thanks for uh, having us. Um, you know, it'll be, we're actually having spectators back, so we'll be back with some fans next weekend. And Watch our broadcast. We have one of the best Division Three broadcasts around. Um, so if you're bored tomorrow, tune in at 5.30. They move, you know, our games, the men's games are at 5.30 this year. So, you know, if you need something to do tomorrow. You're just trying to stir the pot on Twitter, aren't you now? With this kind uh, of we, the- we, Our broadcast is great. I, okay. I, Ron Jantz is the best out there. So watch it tomorrow and let me know what you think. You're just trying to get that Y school to get back into the conversation somehow because they're going to argue <laughs> they're the best. And now I'm going to have to talk about them again. And come on, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> hey Todd, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate right, it. Take you, care man. of yourself. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, see you. He's Todd McGinnis joining us from Case Western Reserve on the on the uh, Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, appreciate him joining us. Uh, 
UAA race, I think, is going to be more interesting than some on Twitter think it's going to be. But I digress. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll go down outside D.C. Talk to Marymount Women's Basketball. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More, with, more when we come back. basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue along, I know we went off the air during that Case Western Reserve interview. We apologize for that. We are going to, uh, hey, Andy's back. Uh, we are going to try and figure out why that happened, but we'll also try and uh, we'll let you know. If you missed it, we're going to replace the uh, the video and audio uh, later in the on-demand because we've recorded the whole show. So you'll get to see the entire interview and its entire pro uh, experience. Uh, but we're still in the air live and don't know why we're, we're crashing computers, but we are. And we like to test technology here and then test my patience. Got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. We're not streaming on Facebook because that one had a glitch tonight too, but we are on YouTube. Travis asked us a question about redshirting if it disproportionately favored state schools with the cost of private school tuition. I'm imagining there's a more incentive of a fifth year uh, state school where it's cheaper. Maybe, but let's remember one thing that uh, the privates don't like to talk about, but the states will tell you about. 
because the privates will tell you how the states are cheaper, but the states will tell you how the privates like to discount things. I have a, a former colleague whose son plays football being recruited by Division Three, and I know how much he's getting discounted off the face value. It's comparable. So if you can continue that on, you, one would argue it helps everybody. I think it depends on the institution. There are certainly some institutions it's not going the red shirt doesn't help, and there's certainly institutions a red shirt helps, and that's why I'm totally against it in the general because it's not a Division Three thing in my opinion. Uh, let's continue on. Talk women's basketball. One team that I've been keeping an eye on, even if um, maybe we're not used to what's going on, only because you know maybe the record doesn't jump out at you. It's a new head coach, and I'm kind of curious how they're doing. Um, a little bit of a surprise when Marymount had a women's coach job open up. Their former head coach deciding to step down certainly caught me by surprise. The next one in line of surprises was who are they going to hire? You just don't know what the answer is going to be. They took out of the Centennial Conference from her sinus college, Margaret White. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned head coach who took over the Marymount Saints. And uh, coach, you're not too far. You skipped right over Maryland, but you're not too far from where you were at her sinus. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on the job, a storied program. Uh, you got to be thrilled the opportunity even presented itself. Yeah. Hey, Dave, thanks for having me. Yeah, I was... Um kind of just as surprised as you were when Coach Rogers decided to step down. Um, shortly after then, actually, she and I had an initial conversation about my interest and being from the Northern Virginia area, um, really having spent a lot of time as a kid on the Marymount campus. Um, it was really a unique opportunity for me to come back. So it's, it's definitely an honor, personally and professionally, to be the next in line after Coach Finney and then coach Rogers. So it's, it's means a lot for sure. I'll have to admit, I remember sitting there going, I'm like, well, that's an interesting pick. You know, I wonder why. And I started to try and dive into it and understand it better and wasn't really positive. I had it right. And then someone said, well, she basically grew up on the campus. Her mother basically, you know, was at that campus in some capacity or another for a long period of time. I went, oh, then this makes total sense. It's not your prototypical return to an alma mater or return somewhere, you know, but in some way you're returning home. Exactly. Yeah, I, I told the team in kind of the interview process that I'm not an alum, but I feel like I'm an adopted alum. <laughs> I um, actually, yes, my mother worked there for about 25 years or so. Wow. So I was a toddler running around there with my sisters and they actually had a full day daycare back in the day. <laughs> so I am technically I'm a Marymount alum because I graduated from daycare. So very nice. Um, yeah. So I, I ran around campus for a long time as a kid. Oh, that works out. It works out real nice. Um, what did you expect of the season coming in? Cause I mean, listen, we're used to a program that wins 20 games a season. Most of the time, not always in its history, but most of the time it's, it's a tough, um, it certainly was in the CAC, one of the tougher, uh, teams to try and face. You're off to a nine and six start, but it's after COVID it's after a coaching change. It's an after you name a list of things that are different than before you got there. Uh, is this the season you expected or, or are you guys maybe trying to find your way still? Right. I think that's just it. You know, like a lot of teams, I think COVID changed a lot. This team last year had six or so games under pretty limited circumstances, um, you know, inherited a very young roster. 11 out of our 13 players are freshmen and sophomores. And like most programs, those sophomores only experienced a limited COVID year. Yeah. So I think we all knew we had the talent on the roster. 
it was just going to be about the experience and how quickly we came together. So I think what you've seen in the record thus far is that lack of experience early with an as usual per Marymount style, a challenging out of conference schedule, yeah. um, you know, that I think revealed some flaws early on, but also helped us build some strengths. And we gained a lot of momentum from those. And now building into the conference season, I think we're gaining a lot of experience. We're building on that. And now we're starting to gain the confidence with it. So I think it was a matter of time. And then we'll see kind of how the rest of the season progresses. But we're excited to see what we look like a month from now, because we feel like every game we've gotten better. Younger players have gotten experience. Different people have stepped up in different situations. So that's exciting when you know you can win a couple different ways at this point. Looking at the schedule again, you won three of the first four to start. Then you hit that slide where you lost five of seven. Those losses in total coming to Hopkins, Catholic, Shenandoah, Salisbury, Mary Washington, Christopher Newport. Yeah, not doesn't look bad, though, you know, you see some losses that are odd. I mean, Christopher Newport, Marymount in the past would not have resulted in the score it resulted in this year. I'm sure you were thrilled to see uh, Coach Broderick's defense up close and personal when you couldn't avoid it. Um but then since then, you've gotten into conference play, which in the reality of things is the most important thing to be watching. You're off to a 4-0 start with wins over Marywood, Centenary, Cabrini, Gwyneth Mercy. How much is this telling the team, listen, yeah, took our lumps. Right now, the only thing we need to really focus on is the task at hand in conference. Let's get it done here. That's exactly it. I mean, that's what we said. I think, you know, you always want to win those non-conference games, but we know that we took a lot from those, even the ones we lost. Um, and we've seen ourselves now in different situations, put that experience to the test and get better from it. So exactly right. I mean, the only thing that guarantees you a trip to the NCAA tournament is winning the conference. And so that's all, that's all that we're focused on at this point. Looking at this team in general, um, you're led by uh, a sophomore, really, which is interesting in, in Tara Dombo. Uh, uh, 11 points a game and 10 and a half points from a junior and Samantha Shackelford Chandler, Chandler Edelman, basically in double figures as well at nearly 10 points a game. Uh, she's a sophomore. So you're, you're leaning a little bit on underclassmen after losing some of the upperclassmen experience you were expecting. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's kind of where I think the early part of the season came into play. Just people who hadn't been on the floor consistently for long periods of time or in big moments. Um, so now they have been. And so I feel like we've made a huge jump because we're a lot more seasoned just in the span of, of a couple months. How hard is it as a, as a coach who's new coming in to A, get used to the talent that's already there that in this case, Coach Rogers had, had set up and B, how hard is it for the players to adapt to a coach who doesn't have the same style necessarily, isn't going to have the same practice mentality, but at the same time, not going to run the same stuff. How hard is that to adjust to even at a program that is so successful like Marymount? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that's always going to be challenging no matter what the school or program is, regardless of the history. Um, I also arrived here in September. So the, the yeah. timing was, was crunched. Um, you know, I'm fortunate in this position because coach Rogers has been a friend of mine and a mentor of mine. Um, April Preller is an assistant coach who was here for a couple of years, who's still here. Um, so we had a lot of support around us and around me um, to really do my research and figure out, you know, if things worked in the past, I wasn't going to erase them just for the sake of change. We made sure that we 
kept things that were working and built them in as well as we could and blending it with my philosophy on things and trying to merge the two so that our players could be the most comfortable they could be with the change. Um, and I think that's helped. And as we've kind of grown, we've been able to then kind of develop our own unique personality. But I think it helped at the start to make sure that we were all on the same page. Yeah, certainly. And again, it's going to take some time. As much as you're friends with Coach Rogers and you guys might be similar, there's going to be differences. And so sometimes recruiting is going to be a little bit different. But in the general sense, you went from a similar school in Ursinus and Marymount. They're both high-end um, liberal arts colleges. Though you're, we're in the centennial where it was a little bit of a beat em up at the top. Uh, you, you knew you were going to take your lumps or at least have to dish them out yourself against the likes of your alma mater and Gettysburg and Johns Hopkins and all that. You're in a very different conference now with the likes of Gwyneth Mercy under Keith Mondello and, and others. How has the adjustment been to what is a very different group of schools and very different group of coaches? Yeah, um, it is different. It's geographically, it's different being sure. everyone's furthest trip and the southern, the, yeah. the southernmost point. Um, Keith made fun of me yesterday when we got to his game like three hours early because I was worried about the traffic on either end and totally mistimed it. Um, better oh, to be better early to than be late, early. Though, I guess. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, I, I luckily I had some familiarity with the Philadelphia region schools sure. because those were teams that we would see in non-conference. Um, but it's been fun learning learning a new conference. I mean, the Centennial is based on tradition and it's been the same teams for a long time. And those um, rivalries are based on decades. And what's yeah. kind of fun yeah. with the Atlantic East is that we're building those rivalries. You know, that's happening now. Um, and I think that's fun to have a chance to kind of create something new. Uh, you left her sinus, as we mentioned. Uh, Bobby Morgan comes in and takes over the program after a slight hiatus of retiring from college basketball uh, after losing, leaving Haverford and going to a, a local school and then deciding, as she put it to me, enough of folding towels. Your thoughts on, on Bobby taking over your program? I was pumped. Yeah. I think when, you know, when you leave a program, you know, when I, when I decided to come to Marymount, I hadn't been looking to leave her sinus. I, I loved my time there and it was difficult to choose to leave. And the biggest thing is you worry about your players. And especially, like I said, given the timing, it was a tough time to leave a group. And my concern was those players. And then when Bobby came along, I took a big sigh of relief because knowing Bobby and respecting her so much, I knew that our players there were going to be in great hands. So um, it really was a nice kind of fit all the way around. She secretly just wanted to take over your program and was waiting quietly <laughs> for you to do so. Roundabout <laughs> way to get at, but it worked, right? Hey, uh, curious, you're slowly moving south. Uh, you went to, you, know, you grew up in Virginia, as you said, you went to Gettysburg for college. And so you progressively moved north. You're at Elmira and Vassar and, and other time up in New York. And then you came down to Ursinus and now you're down to, are you heading further south or is this just kind of a yo-yo for you? No, this is it. Yeah. I had, I had my time in the cold and now, now when people complain about the cold here, I remember what Cleveland and upstate New York was like. So I'm good here. You sure? I mean, yeah. snow winter has <laughs> been interesting down there so far. True. The school cancellations happen quickly down here. Oh yes. I'm sorry. You, you said the word snow. We're closed. We're closed. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. I'll miss not seeing you as much as I used to. 
up here in the Mid-Atlantic region, but I'll know I'll bump into you from time to time. But thanks for coming on the show and talking about the program. As always, you give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share? Those tuned in. Um, just as always, thank you for, you know, promoting Division Three basketball, especially on the women's side. Um, you know, it's great that we know that in the Division Three side of things, our, the women's side gets just as much as respect as the men's side. So we we appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's some good basketball there, too. And I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Hey, thanks for the time. Um, enjoy your outside D.C. area. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Margaret White joining us from Marymount. Uh, team has ahead of them Newman and Immaculata coming up in the next two games uh, on the road at Newman at home against Immaculata on the road against Centenary at home against Marywood as they play out AEC play. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the women's top 25 with two new panelists in our double take. You listen to Hoops Show presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Andy says we have a question. Do we have a question? Well, what? What? Huh? Huh? Don't see it. I don't see it. He's claiming there's a question, but I don't see it, folks. On my main account. Oh, you're right. There it is. Oh, it's a guy coming up. 
Oh, Scott's got a question for me. We'll get to that in just a second. He's being sneaky. Um, and you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can uh, email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also, uh, let's see, what else we got? Um, well, you can join us on, on YouTube tonight. We're simulcasting there at d 3 or youtube.com um, slash uh, Hoopsville. Speaking of which, let me just double check it. Uh, we're not on Facebook due to some glitch. Don't know what it is, but whatever. It's a glitch. It's got to be Hoopsville, right, everybody? Um, so talking women's basketball, we uh, got the top 25 double take going last week. I was thrilled about that. Uh, and we've got it going yet again this week. Um, but with new panelists, we gave Gordon the night off uh, just out of the kindness of our hearts. Um, and we decided to bring in two new guys. Uh, so join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Killed my audio, apparently. There we go. Brendan, uh, let's try that again. Brendan Gulick and Scott Peterson join us. Uh, Brendan Gulick uh, and I go way back to our Transylvania days. It really, just because we were there on one weekend during a winter storm and a, and a tornadoes. Uh, but we've been uh, we kind of following each other. You might recognize Brendan because he and I have done some NCAA bracket shows. He's done some more than I have. But we've been on the same crew every once yeah. in a while. Having fun. Yeah. And Scott Peterson joining us. You might know him from the uh, D3 boards. Was it Scotty Dog? I always forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I got it right. Speaking of you, sir, before we get this going, you decided to throw a question at me. You said, would you would you think a school like Calvin transitioning from college to university would could really capitalize pulling in grad transfers who can get a graduate degree while playing a year of college sports? Absolutely. Oh, no, absolutely. Right now, with the way the waiver thing is working, uh, and really the way that the, the, some of the rules have changed that allow transferring to be a little bit easier as a graduate student. Um, absolutely, a school that decides to add graduate programs is going to have a little bit of an advantage. I've been talking to a couple of coaches who, who are at schools who don't have graduate programs. And they're like, yeah, I can't really hold on to the, guy, the players because they're moving on. They don't have, we don't have a graduate program to keep them around here. They don't, they don't hate it. It's just that's the reality. But, yes, if Calvin's deciding to go, hey, we're going to add a bunch of graduate programs and we can get some players in for once a year, sure. I think the disadvantage may be being the type of institution they are, and that's not a knock on them. You're just going to have to find the right person that comes in. Nice question, sir. Andy spotted it. Well done to my son, too. Uh, gentlemen, you're in here to join us for the top 25 double take. I appreciate it. You know, I explained to you guys, there's a debatable team, there's a deep dive team, and there's a, um, a, a I always want to say a word I don't want to say. Uh, there's always a um, a lofty team. There's another word we use, D, and I always forget it, even though I write it down. Dubious. Thank you, dubious. I want to use another word that became a political hot button word, and it's, I don't know why it's stuck in my head. So we'll start with either dubious or um, deep dive. Do either of you want to try and uh, start off first? Scott, the floor is yours, buddy. Scott, the floor is yours, and you get to pick the category. All right. I'm going to go with deep dive, and my selected team is Wisconsin Lutheran. They are currently 21st in the poll. I think they're interesting because they are undefeated with not a strong strength of schedule, and their best wins are early. Um, and they were all narrow versus Washington U neutral court over Milliken and at Chicago. And since then, probably their best looking win is a home win over St. Norbert. And then looking in their stat edges, nothing really stood out to me. Um, they're pretty low scoring team for a highly ranked team playing a, um, a weak strength of schedule. They don't have a large out, uh, rebounding edge. Um, they do play great defense. Their opponents are shooting 25% from the floor, which I think is pretty far below average. Um, 
and I'm, they're just an interesting case. I think these undefeated um, weak strength of schedule teams are interesting. And I'm also starting now that we're further into January, you can kind of start discounting those November and December wins in favor of January wins or losses. I'm curious real quick, how much do you discount them? Cause there's gotta be some stock in some of those games. You don't want to completely remove them from the conversation, I assume. No, but just a discount, <laughs> definitely a not discount. writing up, writing off, writing off the win, but um, some teams, I can't remember which one it was, their most impressive win was their first game of the season in like late October. And it's like, if they've got some losses since then, um, I'm probably putting more stock in those. Um, interesting that uh, you say um, a discount. We've been using that word a lot tonight. I'm curious if it's a discount double check. Just just trying to <laughs> get some advertising on the show here. Um <laughs> All right. I, 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 I see your Wisconsin Lutheran. That's a good choice. Uh, uh, Brandon, okay. any thoughts on that before we get your uh, team? Uh, no, I, I think Wisconsin Lutheran's a good team. And um, I had them ranked uh, inside my top 25 barely uh, the last couple okay. of weeks. Um, I like them. I'm not sold on them for a lot of the same reasons. I, I want to see um, better wins from them more recently. Not taking away from the fact that they haven't lost yet, but. Uh, I don't even think they're close to being the best team in their own state. So let's see how that goes. Fair. Fair. I like it. All right. What's your pick? Uh, we'll go deep dive. Um, oh, hold on. We got to stay with the topic. So you got to go with. Yeah. We just oh, wait, deep wait, dive, no, right? I'm sorry. Right. Deep yeah. dive. My apologies. My apologies. That's okay. Um, I, I think a lot of folks that have followed me know I'm an, I'm an OAC guy. I'm a John Carroll grad and I, I do a lot of work at BW. Try not to hold that against you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's another team in the OAC that I don't think is getting quite enough attention. Now, look, they are nationally ranked. I think they were 16th this week. That's Marietta Pioneers. Um, I'm really impressed with what I saw from Marietta, uh, especially the last couple of weeks. They've won nine in a row. Uh, I happened to broadcast the game they lost, so I saw them when they were at their worst. Um, <laughs> and I thought they were extremely competitive, even though that final score didn't look great. Um, a win over John Carroll is proving to be a really, really good win. Uh, I think their non-conference strength of schedule looks pretty solid. They beat LaRoche, W&J, St. Vincent, and Ohio Wesleyan, who are all over 500. Um, Ohio Northern, I think, is having a pretty good season that not a lot of people are talking about. And Marietta fairly handily beat Ohio Northern. I think it was an eight-point win, but uh, a convincing win for them. Again, those are those are good early season wins, but I, I like the way they responded from what felt like a bad loss because the final score wasn't close. Uh, and they have gotten really hot, uh, including that win over John Carroll. Um, I'd like to see what they're going to do here in the next couple of weeks. Cause they're playing Ohio Northern they're playing BW and then they'll play Carroll again on um, February 5th. But I, I like Cole Vivian's team. They um, they've got enough senior leadership that I think they could make a run I'm a little concerned if I'm an OAC fan of getting multiple teams in the tournament because in years where that has happened, for whatever reason, it hasn't reflected great in terms of the results. Yeah, um, I think it's a multi-bid league, but I don't know if multiple teams are going to actually get bids. We'll have to see. But Marietta absolutely deserves to be in that conversation. No, I, I definitely think Marietta is a good team. Um I think they're in about the right spot on the poll, but I can I can see the argument that maybe they need to be higher. Uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out with the voters. 
uh, next poll for sure. Um, all right, so we did a uh, deep dive. Let's do uh, do the other one. Brandon, we'll start with you since uh, you just okay. went. We'll let Steve see if he if he loses his pick. I'm uh, I'm gonna go for. We're doing dubious, right? Yep, dubious. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with the Wisconsin Oshkosh. Did I Ooh. steal yours, Scott? Nope. All right. All right. Um, all right. They're okay. I'm I'm not. I'm just not totally sold on them this year. Um, Oshkosh at twenty three, just for the record. Yeah. Um, the they're twelve and three on the season. I don't think they've beaten very many good teams. Um, your record is what it is. You can't control that. I understand it. But I think Wisconsin Oshkosh is getting a little too much love. Um, hmm. They lost to Eau Claire. I thought that was pretty handily. I, I know they played Whitewater tight. Um, are they capable of playing well? I think so. But I don't know. I, when I put rankings together, I don't do it based on capability as much as what have you shown me and that's kind of where i fall off with oshkosh so i i have not had them ranked again they're i'm not not bashing them they're not a bad team i'm just not i'm not uh running around with a titan flag saying this is a team that you know everybody needs to be talking about right now just for the record um whitewater is ranked ahead of them obviously Eau Claire is not even getting votes and technically having a better. They season. should be. I think. I think Eau Claire should be. I like Eau Claire. Scott, any thoughts on his uh, pick at Oshkosh there? So um, I have a lot of the similar thoughts, but I think they're pretty fairly ranked for what they've shown. Right? They've they've lost some really close games to some solid teams. They've got some solid wins on the resume. Um, I definitely agree with what does your resume say, but I think they've showed enough upside that I think some top 25 recognition is warranted. And at 23rd, it shows that the voters are definitely mixed. I know you're saying you discount stuff in November, but they do have a loss to Bethany Lutheran, who's nine and six on the season. Is that, is that a top 25 type loss? I think would be an interesting question. Granted, as you said earlier, discounting a little bit of the earlier part of the season now. So maybe that just doesn't come in as heavily into play. The whitewater loss might, yeah, I mean, I could see that both ways. Uh, interesting pick. I, I, it gets us talking. I like it. I like. I mean, talking. A, cl- a close overtime loss against Whitewater, I think, can hold a lot of stock, even a loss. Because I mean, if you if you look at what Tryon did against Hope, they they played them tough for the majority of the game, um, and to me, that's more impressive than the bulk of wins that teams have. Uh, Brad Fisher's and, online. And, and I don't. I, I mean, maybe it's subconscious bias. I I think Tryon is better than their current ranking in the poll um every time i watch trying film i'm like blown away they are they are really really good they're not hope good but they are very capable of of making a final four push if they can get bracketed appropriately it's interesting trying what 12 13 and 2 now uh obviously he lost to hope then they lost to eau claire um so obviously solid losses yeah no i think trying's good too but I like this. This is good stuff. All right, Scott, who's your uh, who's your pick here? So my dubious actually ended up not too dubious because once I crunched the data, I think they're actually fairly ranked, and that's <laughs> uh, New York University at ninth. Okay, um, I like your pick though, because I think they just the resume I don't think stands out. Um, they just haven't played the quality of teams that I think warrants their ranking. Sure. Um, they've got the blowouts against Case Western and Carnegie Mellon, and then a very early season win against Vassar, and that's probably it. Um, now, if you dig into their stats, they're great. Just massive margin of victory, great shooting, huge rebounding advantage. 
Um, but the nice thing is we will absolutely know who they are. Their next four, they go four road games against WashU, Chicago, Rochester, and Emory, none of which are elite elite, but like all of which are good tests. Yeah. And I think um, 4-0 would be terribly impressive. And at two, if they go two and two, I don't know how far I'd really be dropping them, maybe a couple spots. Mm. I think it's interesting that NYU is where they are in the poll. And if you look at how the votes were scattered among the teams above them, it really feels like there's not a whole lot of, of dissent right now between essentially one through, I guess, six. Uh, Amherst and Whitman, I guess, you know, they're only four points apart. Maybe that's a bit of a coin flip. Uh, but there's a, a reasonable drop-off to NYU, and then there's another sizable drop-off to where Tufts and, and BW and John Carroll are all ranked. So I, I think NYU uh, is giving the impression to, to voters, Scott, that because their stats have been so strong and because they play in a league that is traditionally very, very good, they must be a good team. But I don't think anybody for, for the same reason that, you know, that you just laid out, I don't think anybody's ready to push them, you know, too high top five type uh, type area, despite not losing yet. If I was if voting, go, four, go ahead, Scott. If they go four no against those four road games oh, though, I think, I think they yes. could jump. Yeah. That's yep. a different convo. Absolutely. If mm-hmm. I was a top 25 voter, I'd be waiting for the, the UAA play. I'd be looking at the fact that they have a win against only one team with a significant record. The interesting mm-hmm. thing is that win against Brooklyn, who's 10 and two is a dominating win 97 53. But if you dive into Brooklyn's schedule, it ain't all that in a bag of chips. So it, it may be a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Uh, interesting enough. We should have NYU's women's basketball coach, Meg Barber on our next show. Uh, we already have it marked down. We, as we accidentally invited for tonight, but it's a long story. Um, but no, NYU is certainly on my radar. If I, I if I picked a dubious, that would have been mine. Absolutely. Um, but I, I do like how you said you started diving into it. Well, well maybe not. And trust me, <laughs> happens to all of us. Happens to all of us. Uh, debatable. You guys got together. You both kind of agreed on one of them. So I'll throw it at you. Uh, you both wanted to kind of debate Carol, um, who's not in the top 25. Or are you talking about John Carroll, right, guys? No, 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 no. Carol, Wisconsin. Carol. Okay, no, I just wanted to make yeah. sure. Um, interesting. You wanted to debate Carol, who's not really getting a lot of love. Um, I'll give it to Scott since you just kind of wrapped up. So we'll let you kind of have the first salvo here on wh- why you wanted Carol on the table. Right. So Carol did not get any votes for the top 25 in the latest poll. Um, they've got an early season road win against St. Norbert. Then they lost three in a row in December yeah. against pretty good teams, although all were double digit losses. So at Illinois Wesleyan, at Wheaton and versus Milliken. So like that doesn't look good. That kind of puts them behind the eight ball. Um, but in their last three, which I am putting more weight on, um, they beat Whitewater almost a double digits. Yeah. Went to Car- went to overtime against Carthage, beat them. They beat North Park by 56, but then I dug into it and North Park was missing their leading scorers one, three, four, and five. So Ooh. I think you can kind of um that, that's not as impressive as it looked initially. I was right. like a decent North Park team plus 56, but um and then I think they're, they're plus 19 in scoring average. They shoot great from the floor. Okay. On the boards. Um, and maybe this is a little bit sneaking into the dubious category, but I don't know that their resume is that different from East Texas Baptist who is getting top 25 love. Interesting. I, uh, I tend to agree. Um, you know, there's 423 teams that, uh, that play D three women's hoops. 
So they are in the uh, top quartile in scoring offense, scoring defense, scoring margin, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounding margin, turnover margin. I mean, they, you know, field goal defense, like they do all the things that you look for in good teams. Well, they do that well. Um, and, and to me, you know, look, teams that are, are uh, pretty athletic find ways to score the ball. I look for, after having seen a number of different teams make the final four push, you know, obviously the last two years it's been canceled, but um, I, I, I look for teams that play really, really good defense. And I didn't vote for Carroll, but I certainly considered them and will going forward. Um, they are, they, they look like the kind of team that is putting together the right ingredients for a good run, or maybe, maybe we see them in March. They got three of their three of their next games are at home for their next five. Uh, starting off with Illinois Wesleyan and then Augustana Wheaton. Then they're on the road against Augustana before coming home against North Central. Then they got that rematch with Milliken. So they've already got a rematch with Wheaton coming up and they've got the rematch with Milliken coming up in February. Those are two of the teams that they lost in that three game stretch. Of course, that three well, games stretch Illinois Wesleyan too. Also they, included they, Illinois they, Wesleyan, who they yeah. get to write, go after immediately. So it's interesting. The three game stretch all came against conference and sure that threw a lot of flags for a lot of people, but they get their revenge here coming up. And that's a key. Um, the only one that won't be at home will be Milliken. Milliken will be on the road. Um, I kind of like their balance. They don't seem yeah. to have an elite, you know, show stopping scorer. Um, Katie Roner's at 12 points a game. Uh, let's see, nine, eight, eight, six, six, six. I mean, it really feels like they've got lots of different options offensively. Um, Allison Thompson, 36 block shot. She's one of the better shot blockers in the country. I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree with you, Scott. I know you kind of brought that one to my attention, uh, in our, in our email thread, but, um, that's a team that I, I think deserves some real credibility. I don't think they should have been getting a look before these last three wins, but after these last three wins, they have my attention. And especially if they can beat Illinois Wesleyan, I think that definitely warrants some top 25 votes. Yep. I love it. Great idea. Hey, I got a little bit extra time. So I got to get an opportunity here because we don't get um, crowds kind of getting uh, introduced to you all. So we figure we'll introduce you a little bit more. Scott, I I love the uh, audio setup. Um, (laughs) It sounds better than what we've been sounding like recently. So I'm slightly a little bit perturbed. Uh, but nonetheless, can you give everybody a sense of what, what, what your background is and stuff and why you love D3 so much? Well, I was born and raised in Seattle, but I decided to go to school far away from home and I went to Hope. And I was at Hope uh, 05 through 09 and went to every men's tournament game except our uh, um, consolation game in the Final Four and um, made the road trip to the women's national title and was kind of hooked. Very nice. What, what, what's the audio setup? What do you do normally? Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm a remote developer from home, but I also, uh, um, host a podcast myself. Very so cool. I've slowly outfitted the gear over the years. You're, you're welcome to pimp the, the show if you want, sir. I'm not afraid of it. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a niche, uh, youth competition podcast that, um, I'm sure no one would want to listen to. So, <laughs> well, clearly you must have some listeners. So we do, they're all competitors. <laughs> there you go. Youth competitive. Now, now I'm curious. I'll have to ask him off air. <laughs> Brendan, um, two thoughts, maybe three. First off, you're lucky to be on the show, considering how much D1 pimp is behind you. 
Um, <laughs> we, we don't like D1 around here, sir. And usually D1's dead to me. And you've been borderline dead, except you still call stuff for Baldwin Wallace. So you're okay with me. Someone did point out that it's all about the Spartans because you've called stuff for, for Case Western. We had Todd on the show and Margaret White has connections as well. Yeah. So it's a bit of a Spartan show. It's the SI stuff that's saving you right now, though it may not save you a ton. Please explain the backdrop to everybody who's sitting there going, what is going on with that? How did Dave get an SI guy? Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm the publisher for Buckeyes now, which is the Ohio State channel on Sports Illustrated. So right now, Scott is logging SI and Ohio State. Uh, and and sorry, Scott, are you a Michigan fan? I, I mean, I know you said you went to. Hope, no, I just said he's from Michigan. No, no, I'm from Seattle, so University of Washington fan. Oh, there oh, you well. go. Uh, go win the Apple Cup. I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I, I, I do a lot of different things. I've, I, I'm a John Carroll grad. I have worked in the OAC for a long time. I follow D3 uh, athletics really closely. I've done. I think 25 national championship events, um, many of which have been D3. I've done Stolen the final from four. From me. For, <laughs> done uh, D3 women's and men's basketball final four a couple times. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, love and admire and appreciate uh, Division Three athletics. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't have a favorite between covering Ohio State or covering a, last night's game between John Carroll and BW. I loved it. I mean, it's it's uh I love celebrating student athletes who are pouring their time and efforts into, into what they're doing. And um, I'm glad that uh, you've got an outlet like this, Dave, to, to give them coverage. Thank you. The pro proper answer is you love the division three more than division one, but we'll let it slide for now. Um, by the way, Brennan and I have been on the call together for basketball. That was fun. Sure. Dating back to our Transylvania days when we got a game off the, off our belts at Transylvania. Um, we also and have we an interesting last, tie. We did the last men's, Final Four in Fort Wayne, uh, right. the last time they actually had a, a tournament. That's right. It was, and maybe that'll be how it goes again, because Lincoln Riley likes to pull rank on us, and does he decides what one he wants to go to. That's really in case Lincoln's listening to the show. Um, not really holding my breath. Uh, but Brendan also shared me a little video. Brendan's seen me behind the scenes, which nobody ever gets to see in my other job during the quote-unquote offseason season. He actually saw me at work, which is really weird, sir. Someday I'm finding out the whole story. But we also got to spend uh, a little extra time Memorial Day weekend down in Salem, Virginia. Nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah, we did. I had a great time. Yep. That was awesome. Hey, guys, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. We'll get you into the rotation. I'm going to need somebody next week. One of you two is on board with Gordon. I'm going to figure it out. Oh, it's probably Scott because Brendan's too busy. Uh, we yeah, can only get him week. so many times. <laughs> but, hey, guys, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care of yourselves, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Happy to do it. See you soon. See you later. See you guys. See you later. Again, those guys are awesome. Thanks for, for joining. Great picks, by the way. Really get you thinking. I loved it. Take a break. When we come back, we'll jump back into the men's basketball. Oswego State men's basketball coach Jason Leon joins us. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Once again, I want to thank our partners uh, at Blue Frame Technology for their help with all of this. It certainly is uh, a lot easier to do it, as it were, but thank you so much to them. Again, back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. 
Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville. The next school is spelled O-S-W-E-G-O. Just because I had to say it in the off-air. You got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com. We're simulcasting on YouTube, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. If you happen to be listening there, we'll try and answer your questions if you fire them there as well. Um, lots to talk about. And one of the teams I've been debating about getting on the show, mainly because the coach keeps bugging me, mainly because I think he wants props with his wife, um, is Oswego. I've debated whether I, I can get him on the show and talk to him and see if, you know, but I wanted to see. And as you've heard on the top 25 dubious, I haven't been sure about whether I wanted to get Oswego into the top 25. Why? Because there's this ABC thing. Nazareth, RPI, and Oswego have all beaten each other. And it makes it very complicated. I can't get all three of them into the show as a result. But it doesn't mean they aren't good enough. It just means I don't have enough room. So how do I figure that out? Well, I have them on the show and I have a conversation with them. That's how I figure it out. Join us on the Blue Frame Technology is at uh, Hoopsville Hotline. It's the head coach of the Oswego Lakers. I go Oswego State Lakers, sorry. Um, out of the SUNYAC, it's Jason Leon, friend of the show. Sir, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised you're allowed to step away and get some time for this show. It is a fan favorite of the family, is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We tried to meet up with you down in uh, Baltimore. We were down in... Uh with my in-laws down uh, their Christmas present was to see the Ravens and Packers game. I, my, my in-laws and my wife are big Packers fans. So um, we were down there. We tried to meet up with you, but typical yeah. of you, you're very busy. A lot of people are tugging at your time. So yeah, that was the case. Couldn't make it work, but no, no harm, no foul. If we say, knew right? we weren't going to end up going to Maine for Christmas, I think we would have gone to the game, but we were trying to stay, you know, a little close to home uh, due to uh, family fun. obligations. The two most famous people in uh, Baltimore are you and Coach Leffler from Hopkins. <laughs> Interesting enough, Coach and I were talking earlier today. Yeah, um, he's the man. He is the man. He's a big. He's a big part of our success this year. I can, we can get into why. Oh, we will in a second. I'm curious, what section were you in? Because you didn't answer my question when I asked. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, no. Uh, we were be. I don't know what section, but we were in the. We were in the lower bowl so we had oh. good seats we were in the in the end zone yeah it was good i can't afford yeah, those that seats. was good no it was good it was a lot of fun well, we bought them in july so uh um, oh, that's helpful and we were lucky the game got flexed to a four o'clock game so that was that was a lot of fun too and fans were riled up it was actually my first nfl game in a long time yeah interesting you drove all the way down to baltimore to see a game when buffalo is so much closer 
Um, it's actually not as far as you think from Syracuse. It's it, it's it's only four hours. Four hours from Syracuse down to here. Yeah. Listen, I've driven that many a time. I'll give well, you five. I'm a New Yorker. I might drive a little fast. Oh, so do I, but we won't dig- we'll digress. Anyway, you're you're yeah. four. You guys are fourteen and one. Off to a great start. Um, one loss coming to Nazareth, as I mentioned, who lost to RPI, yep. who you beat uh, because it's circular. Um, yeah. You and I talk like I I said with Todd McGinnis. You, you we we talk in the off season. We we I get I pick your brain about how things are going. You felt good about this season, but I, I don't get the sense you thought 14-1 and one and 8-0 in conference play right now were where you'd be sitting. You thought maybe you'd take a few more lumps, right? Absolutely, yeah. Th- this has definitely been a, a pleasant surprise. And, um, you know, especially, you know, everybody's dealt with their own personal stories on COVID, and uh, we certainly have had ours. But uh, we didn't have the ability um, to work with our guys at all last year. So, um you know, that goes into it. I know a lot of schools are in the same boat. And, um, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, a, a younger nucleus coming back, but younger guys that had played a lot two years ago. And then uh, we got, we were fortunate with some, some uh, recruits that we thought would be good. We didn't know they'd be good this, this soon. And, uh, and here we are, you know. Well, that kind of ties in a little bit of, of, you know, talking about recruits, but also about how you guys are successful and why you're giving Hopkins credit. Let's just, let's just get it out of the way. Why is jo- Josh Leffler the real, the real uh, coach of the year in the SUNYAC right now? Well, we, you know, all of us coaches probably had a lot of time on our hands over last year and, and we really did some examination into some of our schematic stuff, especially on the defensive end. So, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I had an opportunity during the offseason to go down and, and meet with Josh and uh, pick his brain about some stuff that I was thinking about doing defensively and kind of wanted some, um, you know, just some, I wanted to pick somebody's brain that had kind of done some of the things that we were thinking about doing. And our scheme is exactly the same as, as theirs, but, um, you know, we've, we've, we've added some things uh, that I think they've been successful with and, it's really helped us out uh, on that end of the floor. Uh, but, you know, the scheme is one thing, but also uh, the personnel uh, has has really fit what we've been trying to do as well. So the players certainly deserve some credit as well. But jo- Josh was uh, very giving of his time, and it was awesome to uh, to go down and meet with him and, and uh, you know, kind of impl- implore some of those ideas into some things that translated more with our personnel. Um. Interesting. Uh, you were down here another time. I'm unaware of, but okay, we're gonna let that slide. Um, <laughs> no, that's what I find. I, it, I find it interesting that coaches share so much at conventions. They share so much off season. They share so much all the time. And, and this is gonna be an off the wall question to you. Then why in the world do we have so much gamesmanship when it comes to? video streams that aren't available after the fact because no one wants to be scouted or uniforms that are difficult to see because no one wants to be scouted. You're all sharing this information. Like why in the world are in-season games taking place then? Um, well, I don't, I, I can't speak about all that stuff. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure everybody has these, these gamesmanship things that you're talking about. And not everybody, but I, enough. I've talked to, I, I also talked with uh, Josh Merkel quite a bit uh, down at Randolph Macon a lot last year. Um, he's a, a hardcore pack line guy. And um, 
Josh's scheme is a little bit different than that, but um, you know, those two guys have been very helpful. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I would like to think most coaches are very giving and sharing other time. And um, you know, maybe I was just fortunate with those two guys. I don't know, but uh, I've always been, you know, the guys that I've known and uh, for over the years and all that stuff, I, I've always known coaches to be pretty giving of, of information and things like that. Um, you got this Suniac battle. You're eight and zero in conference play, which is great, but um, you probably don't know who you're playing next. The Suniac has been trying to mess around with the schedules a bit to try and get everybody their games in where games have been lost. Um, we'll get to the rest of the season, but the Suniac's the now. It technically says you're playing Cortland coming up this weekend, uh, along with uh, Geneseo next week, and then Oneonta. Who knows? Wait 24 hours. Yeah. How hard has it been? Because the Suniac's been making a lot of changes to try and make this all work for everybody. Yeah, it's uh, we're back on schedule, but there's you know there's been a couple of things, um, you know, just with uh, COVID protocols and testing and those type of things. I'm sure most leagues are going through these things, uh, but our, our league's been great. Our commissioner, our, our, our athletic directors, they've at least from you know I'm not privy to every piece of information, but we've been very committed to getting these games in, and um, I think the coaches. I don't want to speak for other leagues, but, you know, I think all of us are really happy to just be playing. And I think, you know, things that have gone out the window are things like days of rest and prep time and all that stuff. We just, I think all the coaches and administrators seem on the outside to be in agreement. Like we're going to have to give up some of the things that maybe on a normal year would be important to us just to get these games in. And everybody's really been working really hard and diligently to do that. And, um, you know, our league and our, our administrators have been no different. So um, it's one of those things where, you know, every day I'm waiting in my inbox to get something with a new protocol or, um, you know, new things that we're, we've got to do with testing or, um, you know, like in our state, things have been very fluid. So, um, you know, you just roll with those punches. And, and again, getting the games in is the most important thing. And, um, you know, that's going to require patience and, and, and flexibility from everybody. And, and I think that's gone very well in our league to this point. I'm, I'm losing you here, Dave. Are you there? Oh. I lost my audio there. You there? Oh, and it doesn't help that I hit the mute button, sir. I was going to say, I thought that because I'm severely technologically no. challenged. My, my athletic director and all the people around me would tell you that, but I was. No, that was me. I was worried it was me. No, that was me. My son. Um, oh, we got the wrong graphic up here. Apologize. Let me let me fix that here in a second. Uh, my my son uh, asked me a question. And I hit the mute button to, to be fair and um, um, proceeded to then just mute myself from the whole show because we like to make things difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so my question was, uh, what's interesting with the SUNYAC you're playing and they're trying to jump through hoops to get everything played last year is I think the first, if not one of the first conferences that shut everything down and said, we're not playing, we're not going to have a season. And that applies to everybody. It was a conference wide. It wasn't like a conference saying, Hey, we're not going to have a conference schedule, but everybody else can do what they want. So you're right. having a very interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. 
I mean, it was, you know, like all these things that you're, you're at the mercy of, of, um, you know, what the governor and, and the chancellor decides to do. And, um, I mean, nothing came as a surprise last year. I, I think you start to see dominoes start to fall with other leagues. And then, you know, we were preparing for the worst the whole time. Um, the worst in terms of, you know, us not playing. And, you know, the thing you have to do in, in a position of leadership, you know, this, Dave, is like your, your, your next thing as a coach is, okay, how are we going to manage um, the things with the players, you know, who, who maybe at a younger age aren't, in tune with, um, you know, why we're doing things and, uh, you want to keep everybody grounded emotionally. And, uh, that was really our, my whole focus. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of coaches too, last year was, you know, there's a bigger picture that was going on in our world at that point. Um, and you try to uh, keep everybody on board and make them understand, okay, we've got a role with this and, and, and kind of not react emotionally. And, um, luckily, you know, we've, we had a lot of success with just, uh, you know, with our guys, just, they really did a great job of just staying grounded through this whole thing. Instead of, you know, as I mentioned before, things were changing exponentially every single week. And, um, you know, it, it, to go on an emotional roller coaster probably wasn't the best way to handle things. So, um, you know, it just, it, it was what it was, you know, and, and we kept trying to look to the future and say, okay, eventually we're going to get through this. And that's what has made this year all the more special to be quite frank with you. I, I went in with a new perspective this year that regardless of what happened, I was just going to really, really enjoy just being back doing some of the things that I really enjoy doing. And I think having that perspective has, has, has really helped our team and myself, you know, really understand what's important about playing the sport that we love, you know? Talk about the team. John, uh, Julian Crittenden leading the way, 12 and a half points a game, um, pulling down two and a half rebounds, certainly uh, a number of assists, but shoots really well uh, from the floor at 47%, 32% from deep. Devin Green, 94% free throw shooter. Doesn't take a lot, but he scores 11 and a half points a game, five rebounds. Another double figure is Jemiah Sparks, uh, Brendan Molson at nine points a game, and really three more guys who are could be in double figures easily enough. Christian uh, Simmons, Aki Anderson, and, and Caleb Cook. That's a lot of guys. That's a lot of ability to find options and, and rebounds and assists and whatever. Is, is it about the depth this year? Is it about the ability to have multiple options? I think so, yeah. This has been a, a year where um, our identity has been a lot different than what it's been in years past when we've you know played in the NCAA tournament and couple of years made the sweet 16 we, we've we've been a lot we're a lot quicker we're a lot more athletic um, our teams in the past have been a lot more half court oriented this team uh, really has the ability to to push pace and and we've got a lot of options uh, I think we have 10 guys that are averaging double figure minutes uh, which has been atypical of our teams in the past so um, I think it's probably makes us a difficult prep for teams um, because we've got um, you know eight or nine guys that can get 20 points in a college game and um, you know, we've been able to win games in a lot of different ways. Uh, we've won games with our defense. You know, you see our score against RPI. We won, it was 59-46 in a half-court game, uh, defensive-oriented game. Um, and then we've won games where we've scored in the hundreds. So uh, we've shown the ability to do things. I think that's a really important quality to have when you get into March um, because you're going to face a lot of teams that maybe you don't know if you're fortunate enough to make it that far. And, um you know, it's uh, it's been been really a, a fun team to coach because um, we haven't 
been the typical Oswego team that we've been in the past. Um, and so it's, it's given us a little bit of rejuvenation to coach the game in a little bit different fashion than what we've done in the past. Uh, the weather ain't kind up there in uh, Oswego, let's be fair, on the other side of the lake from where Todd McGinnis is sitting. Uh, I'm curious, how, how how do you entice one? I, I like the town of Oswego. I visited it. It's 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 a cool little lake town, but the middle of winter can be brutal. How do you entice them? Or you just lie to them, just tell them that the winters are fine. I don't think you can lie about any type of weather in upstate New York, Dave. You know that from having roots up this way. Um, you know, I guess the only thing I've ever said to a recruit is like, if you're going to choose a school based on weather or location, you know, we, you know, we might not be the choice, you know, but yeah. uh, we've got so many great things going on at our place, um, a supportive administration. And uh, we've got so many different majors and and then you know being in the day the reality is in division three so many of these decisions get made based on cost and finances and that's something that um you know we're going to have in our favor more times than not in recruiting battles just because of, of state costs so um there's a lot of great things our central location our you know the tradition we've had in basketball here especially over the last 10 or 15 years has been 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 really good in comparison to to our region and um you know, we've got some, some NCAA tournament appearances here over the last 10 years, uh, more times than not, that, it, that have really helped us attract good players. Before I let you go, how do you see the, uh, the uh, um, conference shaking out? Obviously, you're on top. Geneseo's sitting behind you at 6-1 and one in conference play. Brockport's looking pretty tough. So he's only on to, uh, is this your conference to win? Uh, or are there going to be others who are going to make your life miserable and maybe they've got as good a chance? Oh, I think there's a long way to go. I mean, especially this year, listen, you're going through testing protocols, things like that. You, you know, you really don't know um, game in and day game out who's going to have who. And, um, you know, and then you made mention of like the schedule changing and things like that. So I've been in the league long enough to know, you know, it's the, the worst thing you could do. I actually talked to my team about it today is I think humility is a really good thing. And I think uh, the second you think, you know, you're on top or you think you got things figured out, that's usually when you're most ripe to get beat. So um, we're certainly in a spot right now where we're in first place, but we know there's a long way to go and, and playing everybody twice. And ultimately, if we make the conference tournament and, you know, are, are, are playing for a championship at some point this year, we're going to play teams a third time. So um, this there's a long way to go. Um, Brockport, um, you know, has probably been hit the hardest with, uh, some things, you know, uh, uh, with injuries and, and, and COVID and stuff like that. So they're, they're a team that uh, really has uh, a lot of talent that I've been impressed with. New Paltz and Oneonta are playing very well. I, they're probably the two teams I haven't watched play uh, at all yet, just we haven't gotten to that point in the season. And our opponent on Saturday, Cortland, has probably improved the most uh, since the first semester in, uh, until where they are now. So um, it's, as you always mentioned on your show, it's a topsy-turvy league. Um, I think we're one of the only leagues in the country that has had five different schools out of the 10 win the conference over the last uh, 10 or 11 years. Uh, so that's that's a tribute to, to the parity of the league. So, um, you know, we're certainly in a position that we are happy about right now, but we know, you know, there's a long way to go here left in the season, a lot of games to be played. Yeah, sure. Well, I appreciate the perspective on that. Uh, quickly, before I let you go, though, I, I got to ask, how is the other real true Hoopsville fan in the house? She's doing great. She's upstairs. I'm sure she's watching on her own laptop up there, but she's um, 
she's doing great getting the kids to bed her normal uh routine here so um you know at night but uh yeah she's doing great now started a new job she's doing well and always follows your show and follows the website. So she thinks you do a great job. I, I couldn't resist her. I, I, I had to ask. She's angry. You didn't, she's angry. You didn't come down to, to meet us before the game though, for a little pregame festivities. Though, yeah. Down in Baltimore. Well, we'll say that. yeah. You should tell her about the late notice. She wanted me to make sure I told you that you get, you got to tell her about the late notice, you know, need a little more time. Come Wasn't... on, Dave, you never, you never own anything. You're always putting it back on me. Come on, man. That's how it works with our you know, relationship. <laughs> did McGinnis did McGinnis say anything to you about my golf game or anything? No, he didn't. He, he didn't for me. He was okay, kind. I didn't think, Do you need to I say something about would. it? Well, he was saying he was going to mention something about how he would beat me in golf, but I'm down to a seven handicap now, so I don't think he can take me anymore. Now, is that on the front nine or the whole whole eighteen? Ah, well played, Dave. Well played. You're welcome. You're well welcome. played. I was going to ask if that was the first first four but i decided to go with nine yeah so he's he's winning a lot of games he's winning a lot of games now so he's got a lot of a lot of excess confidence now you you gotta make sure gotta make sure i keep him in check well said hey gotta let you go but i love chatting with you congrats on the great season my friend please tell the wife i said hello and as always we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in yeah well, first of all, I want to say, because I know we talked a lot last year. I'm glad, I'm glad to see that you're doing well. And I know you, you had some, some stuff going on there and, and uh, I'm glad you're, you're in good health and doing well now. So Thanks. I want to say, uh, you know, I was thinking about you over the last year and, and that's great. And uh, you know, as always, thanks, thanks for doing everything you do for division three hoops. It's awesome to, to have the notoriety that we get. And I'm seeing more and more people that I just, I'm a new social media guy within the last 12 months here. So um you know, all the, all the people that cover our sport, um, you know, just from bracketology to, um, you know, the weekly updates and all that stuff. I just think it's awesome. You know, all the people that are doing that stuff, it gives, gives it a real like feel that, uh, you know, of excitement. No, it does. It is a lot of fun. It's changed a lot too in the last 10 years, but, uh, welcome to the social media, sir. You'll hate it enough soon enough. (laughs) Um, but we appreciate you coming on. Take your, take care, stay warm. And we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. He's Jason Leon. Join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Take a break. When we come back, we will talk uh, women's basketball one more time. We'll head all the way out to the West Coast. By the way, before you correct me, I am fully aware that uh, Cleveland is off on uh, Lake Erie and uh, Oswego's off Lake Erie. I was just messing around about the lakes. Uh, When we come back, we go all the way out to California to talk Redlands women's basketball. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. I want to thank our partners, of course, at the NABC. Uh, The NABC, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, works to further the best interests of the game of basketball and the coaches and players who participate in the sport. The NABC thanks its nearly 5,000 member coaches, including the many Division III coaches who impact our game, for upholding the core values of leadership, advocacy, service, education, and inclusion. For more information on the NABC, you can go to nabc.com. Great Moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. 
There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also tweet us. Twitter is apparently down there for a bit, but it's back up. Uh, at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Though we're not live streaming the show there, long story. Don't really know the answer. And, of course, we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash hoopsville as well. Some people are in there. We appreciate you tuning in. If you ask a question, we'll try and get an answer like we did with Travis earlier on. If you've emailed the show, don't worry. I'll get to that in just a moment. I promise. Uh, keeping track of the NCAA convention, we'll wrap up the show with some thoughts on things um, after this next segment. I uh, had our top 25 double take on earlier, talking about a deep dive team. Going to have to talk to the guys, uh, Brendan and, and 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 Scott, a little bit about that. Because the deep dive I want is somebody that no one's really talking about or barely voting for. Their deep dives were good. Don't get me wrong. Marietta at 16 maybe doesn't qualify, but maybe that's a debatable. But we'll, we'll fine tune it with the guys. Those on the, on the men's side have been doing this for a few years. One team you could have picked as a deep dive, Redlands Women's Basketball. I know when I mentioned that I was getting them on the show, Gordon Mann messaged me and said, that's a good pick. They deserve some attention. So I, I look like a genius now because, you know, every once in a while, a blind squirrel does find a nut. Out of Skyak, one, one of the things is I went looking around for a team to talk about out of that Region 10, and we hadn't talked about out of California too much. So I jumped in the sky and said, let me just double check what's going on out there. I missed a chance to see some Skyak games in November, but I want to see what's going on. Oh, my goodness, has anyone checked out Redlands? They're 11-2 and two on the season, 7-0 in conference play, a game and a half up on Pomona Pitzer, who overall is 8-6. and six. The only other team having as good a season overall is Laverne at 9-6, and six, but they're 2-5 and five in conference play. This decision's easy. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, as soon as I block out all the graphics I don't want you to see because I don't have them upright. Joining us on the hotline is the head coach of the Redlands women's basketball coach, uh, team. It's Coach Murphy. Uh, Rich Murphy, I should say. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time. Good to see you. Oh, like I said, whenever whenever you reach out, I know we're playing, having a good season. So I'm excited to be here with you. And as I said to you, I think it would be awkward if I reached out to teams who were having bad seasons. The segments just probably wouldn't be as good. Absolutely. Hey, um, again, your team's having a great year. Um, what jumped out at me is how you're having such a significantly better year than some of the Skyaks, at least at this juncture. Uh, again, Pono pitchers six and two in conference play, but they're eight and six overall. So 
only two wins out of conference. Is I know COVID did a wonder out there in California, and especially yep. with the Skyac and whether it could play. Yep. What is it about that you guys have got now and doing well now? Because we'll get into statistics. They jumped out at me too. That right. is working and got you right now head and shoulders above your your colleagues. Well, I don't want to say we're head and shoulders above our colleagues. Sure. I don't believe that's fair. The Sky, the Sky Act is a really good conference. It always has been. That's true. We, don't, we, we don't get noticed very often, and, and, and we understand we're, we're you know, on the West Coast, so we don't get the same recognition sometimes as the Midwest and the East, and we fully understand that. But the competition here is really good. I mean, and I, I'm, I'm proud to be in the Sky Act, to be honest with you, because we get a lot of great kids that come into our conference and a lot of great players. And we're having a really good year, but we've had our ups and downs. I mean, I had to play a game with only two starters due to COVID, you know, and we just recently got our whole team back uh, on Saturday. So I've been very impressed with my players who are going through such a, a horrible thing out here and continue to play, continue to work and continue to have success. Well, again, having success at seven and zero and eleven and two in conference play is nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, you've got wins over Linfield and Willamette, uh, a loss to to Wheaton, but a win over Pacific, Claremont, Mud Scripps, and Whittier, a win over Wartburg, which may not be having as great a season as we're used to, but it's still a good team. And then in conference, wins over Chapman, Caltech, uh, Cal Lutheran, Pomona, Pitzer, and Laverne so far. And one game against Northwestern, unfortunately, didn't get played. And we have a non-conference game in there against, or a non-division three game in there against Masters, which is, I guess, hard for us to understand. I want to start there. Okay, you played Masters, you beat them by sixty. Who's Masters except a golf tournament that we know outside of uh, Atlanta, Georgia? Actually, Masters at an NEIA school, and you know we struggle to get teams to come out here, so we have to fill a roster. We want to play the twenty-five games, and so we we put Masters on the roster. Uh, I mean, on the schedule for us. The thing that happened is. We were playing Whittier. We were supposed to play Whittier the week before. And Whittier had to change due to finals. And so we played Whittier on a Tuesday. And then we had Masters on a Thursday. And then we had Wartburg on a Saturday. Well, when we got to Masters, I'm thinking, I got to rest my kids for Wartburg. Because I know how important it is to play against a nationally ranked team and to show well against them. Sure. So we kind of let Masters just kind of slip by. It was an NAIA. It wasn't that important to us. We understand rankings and all that kind yeah. of stuff they don't even look at it you know it does add us a loss but to be honest only with if you, somebody else played masters exactly exactly and to me it wasn't something we were really trying to to get done what we were trying to get done was to get to Wartburg because that was the most important game to us that week and so logical. we kind of we kind of let that one go and then went after Wartburg as best as we could logical certainly it makes sense yeah um I mean, listen, a lot of these games are interesting. I, I lost to Wheaton. I'm not, you know, certainly uh, dismiss, dismissing that. I mean, that's that that can be a, a blessing in some ways because that's a tough team that you're most likely or a similar like team you're going to see in the in the tournament should you get that far. You're also playing conference opponents or non-conference opponents that are very familiar with the Whitmans of the world that you may bump into in Linfield and Willamette. Yep. So in some ways, a lot of this schedule seems very purposely built, though coming out of COVID, I, I don't know if that's always the case. Was well, it purposely built? Did you kind of have a sense of what you had ahead of you? I did. And I, I purposely built it in a way to get better competition. Yeah. You know, because that's important. We had Amherst. We were, Amherst was coming here to play us. And they, they didn't make the trip because of COVID, you know. 
And Northwestern was the same thing. Yep. We had to cancel because of COVID because we only had four players when Northwestern was here, you know? So it was purposely put that way to be competitive. Um, I know all of us in our conference here in the Sky Act, we want to play really good teams. It's just harder for us to travel sometimes yeah. due to budget, of course, you know, but at the same time, we're, I, I'm always scheduling anybody I can. I'll, I'll take anybody to play us. I, I give credit to Wheaton coming out and playing. Well, we were beating Wheaton for 35 minutes. 35 minutes of that game, we were ahead. Yeah. And the last five, I, my kids just blew it. You know, let's be honest, you know. So that was one that slipped through our fingertips. And when we got to Wartburg, I talked to the girls and said, hey, we're not going to let this slip through our hands like we did with Wheaton. And they, they put the challenge on and made sure it didn't happen. Obviously, I forgot about the loss of the Amherst game because we lost them out in Vegas. And, and this seems a little bit ill-timed. But have you looked at events where you, where you leave – and I don't want to say I was going to say the comforts of home or the comforts of the West Coast, but have you looked at options? Because I've seen some, I'm starting to see a little bit more out of Skyac teams, even on the men's side, to go. Okay, hold on, we need to do a little bit more and head a little east. Whether it's just to Vegas to the D3Hoops.com Classic. Granted, Amherst didn't make that either. We didn't have yeah. a women's side this year. Yeah. Or it's getting out to the Midwest. It's getting down to Texas. It's getting somewhere to play. I am completely curious. Because I know not everybody has the same answer. Is that something you guys have tried to look into? If so, what's hampered you? And if not, what, what do those challenges mean then? Well, two years ago, you know, when we had our run. Yeah. And we went and played at Transylvania, played in a tournament at Transylvania. Yes. All right. Transylvania. <laughs> and I think it was Southern Virginia University we also played at that I think time. that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we're, we try. You know, with us, when we deal with budgets and all this kind of right. stuff, it makes it difficult for us. Like every three years, they say you can go make a major trip. So I try to go find the best place to play the best teams. And to be honest with you, sometimes it's about finding the right place for these kids to go. You know, like one of my kids is uh, from Massachusetts. I am trying really hard to get out a couple of games out in that area for her. Sure. You know, she could be closer to home. So those are the things we kind of look for when we're able to finally travel. Um, now lately our budget has, has, has been getting better and we're trying to look to more to go to the Pacific Northwest and try to play those games up there. And then we're going to try to also get back to the Midwest as much as we can. Makes total sense. And I appreciate the, the frankness on that, by the way, in Massachusetts, I always joke, you can't get an interstate exit without stumbling into a division three school. So, um, <laughs> there's plenty out there. It's just the right ones to pick. I realize. Absolutely. Hey, listen, this team is getting a little bit of top 25 love. Not a lot. Maybe one voter voting them 24 is my guess. <laughs> um, it isn't great. Obviously there's more attention. There's only so much you guys can do. So I realized to you, to some degree, it's a shrug of your shoulders, but what is it about this team maybe voters aren't appreciating that maybe warrants more top 25 attention? Like, give us give us the ins and outs of this team. Tell us what makes you guys so good. Well, my assistant coach sent me some stats. Oh, okay. Know? Well, good assistant well, coach. Yeah, because now I got to put, put on my glasses. Yeah, don't worry. Gotta, don't worry. Don't worry. You can have mine. <laughs> um, Hannah Jerrier is eighth in the nation in field goal percentage. That's our post, our center, okay? Alyssa Downs is 22nd in, in three-point field goal percentage, okay? Hannah Jerry is also number 35 in rebounds, and our point guard is uh, 92nd in field goal percentage. As a team, we are 26th in field goal percentage in the nation, okay? 
We're 32nd in fewest turnovers in the nation, 44th ATO ratio, 47th in scoring offense, 16th fewest fouls, which I guess isn't that big of a deal, but we don't foul. And <laughs> yeah, we're 78, we're seven, 78th in free throws made and 76th in three in three-point field goal percentage. So you're talking over 400 teams. Yeah. And, and we're putting these numbers up with individual players along with team team things that we're doing. So to me, we're, we're, we're putting out the product out there. I just don't think it's getting seen, you know? Uh, there's, you know, you talk about a deep dive. Well, we're pretty deep, you know? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy a dive anytime, you know? So we're, we're always looking for it. But at the same time, we got to continue to win and we got to continue to produce. And we understand that. Well, and to some degree, the struggles you have in Division Three are also seen in Division One. I. I mean, we talk about it's talked right. about all the time. Is how the the uh, the Pac-12 doesn't get enough love, what, no matter the sport. Um, right. There's only idiots like me who are up late enough who are watching those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> so I get it. And having been on the West Coast myself on, on numerous occasions, there's a lot of benefits being out there timing wise. Um, yeah. But the disadvantage is the bulk of people are are not there. Right. Um, and it makes it more challenging. Um, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I find for you guys is a little bit challenging. You're on the furthest east, if memory serves, of the Skyac. Mm-hmm. For you, unfortunately, you're driving into the, the craziness of L.A. while everybody else is, you know, walking across the street, per right. se. How much different is it being at Redlands as part of the Skyac than it is the rest of the conference? It's not bad. I mean, let's be honest. Our furthest conference opponent's an hour and a half away. Okay. So, well, on a good day with no traffic. Exactly. It might take you two and a half. That's true. You you know, but for the most part, it's, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I know some conferences out there that have a lot more travel than we do. Absolutely. And I'm in a conference that I love being in because I don't have to travel so much. You know, I like sleeping in my own bed, you know, and I like coming home to my family. Fair. And that's an important piece for me. So the travel isn't bad at all, to be honest with you. In our conference, it's pretty easy. Our kids don't miss class, you know, and I take a lot of pride in that, that they don't miss class because, you know, I preach kids. If you come to Redlands, it's all about getting your degree. And I'm going to be a hypocrite if I'm keeping you out of class all the time to make these, these, these major trips and stuff like that. So for us, it's, it's, it's not very difficult. It's not very difficult for anyone in our conference, to be honest with you. Like I said, that Kalu, you know, um redlands game we want to have it on a saturday sure if we can you know but when it's in the middle of the week it makes it a little bit tougher but but it's not i don't think it's a disadvantage to us at all your team led by angelina uh is it rogue rogue yep. uh 15 and a half points a game four rebounds a game Alyssa as a junior Alyssa downs a senior 14 points a game 4.8 rebounds a game both of them by the way two to three assists per contest as well uh and then another senior in the center Hera Jerrier. Um, and uh, Cheyenne, listen, great, great first name. Um, Pagalinawalan. Pretty good. All right. Pretty good. Yeah. That's the senior, 12 points a game. By the way, uh, Jerrier, 11 rebounds a game. So she's averaging double doubles, but it's Cheyenne who's got the four assists per game, and she's your top uh, dealer, as it were. That's a pretty good foursome right there. And it, that takes nothing away from Balistrieri or, or Ton or anybody the rest. But that foursome looks pretty good. And that's what jumped out at me. It seems like you got a lot of weapons with at least four on the floor. It's a pick your poison scenario. Absolutely. And a lot of attention goes to Alyssa Downs. 
because Lisa Downs, you know, two years in a row, breaking the three-point record here at University of Redlands. She's a phenomenal outside shooter. She's an all-around really good player. And a lot of focus ends up on her, which allows our other players like Angelina Roque and Cheyenne and Hannah to get more openings. Angie's one of our best drivers to the basket and finishers that we have. She's, she's phenomenal getting to the basket, no doubt about it. But that happens because we've got people staying out on downs, making sure she's not hitting her threes. You know, Cheyenne, same thing. She's coming off pick and rolls with, with Hannah Jerrier. And when she turns the corner, they can't help in off of her because we have a good shooter in Alyssa Downs, you know? So the four, and, and if you've watched, and I'm sure you, I'm not saying you haven't watched any of her games, but what happens is we'll get someone who shows up different every game. Someone will show up different every game. Someone will focus on somebody and I'll get another kid showing up, you know? And that's been the consistency that we've had that has helped us be real successful this year. Do you feel you're in a position where an at-large is out of reach and you got to win the conference? I mean, winning the conference, we all know is the easiest way in. I'm not, I'm yeah. not trying to diminish that. My point is, do you feel you have wiggle room or is it all in on the, on the Skyac here? I guess the wiggle room comes if we get ranked. Yeah. I mean, right? we'll find out in a few weeks, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and the end all to me is not being ranked. Uh, you know, when it's all said and done, we just want to win games and we want to be productive and we want to get to the national tournament and we want to do something in the national tournament. You know, don't forget two years ago, we went out to, to Whitewater and won a first round game yep. against the eighth team in the nation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty significant. Yeah. And then we go and play trying the next night who played a game the night before, I think it was against Benedictine. I'm not sure who they played the night before, Don't but ended up winning by 25, 30 points. Right. And we had to play our hearts out right. against Whitewater. And then to show up the next night and be only down two at halftime against trying, we just ran out of gas, you know, and we feel that we can play with anybody. And, and we felt that for the last couple of years, of course, the last two years have kind of messed us up, but we feel we can play with anybody. And that's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to improve as a program, as a conference, and continue to try to show everyone out there that we can compete. We really can. And a lot of times we end up beating up on each other, you know, because we're so good in our conference. So it feels like things have also changed on campus. There feels, and, and I'm coming from the East coast. So I'm, I'm, it's more about reading. It's more about trying to read the tea leaves, Yep. but it feels like there's an impetus somewhere who knows where to push Redlands to be more competitive athletically. I mean, listen, every a lot of schools go through this cyclically. I mean, my alma mater was really good when I was there. It ain't so good in the grand scheme of things now, but I know there's an effort. Yeah, I think when my brother was there at Redlands, if memory serves, pretty darn good uh, in athletics in a lot of NCAA tournaments, though I might just be uh, confusing memories that he's shared. It feels like there's a push to get football better. Well, of course, yep. football was really good this year. Yep. Um, to get men's basketball back in the conversation, to get your spring sports up and running. Is that fair? Or have we just assumed that it hasn't always been that way? Um, I think it's fair, but I think we've always pretty much been this way. Okay. Um, uh, hey, I went through a period of time where – we were 14 and 12, 12 and 14, 12 and 14. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm not very good at this anymore. I don't know what I was doing wrong. I, I felt like I lost my touch. I didn't feel good about what was going on. And we made a decision as a program ourselves to, to finally take some kids and say, do you really want to be here and make a change and, and bring in kids who wanted to be hundred percent in. And when we made that change is when we made that run, 
you know, we've got to find kids who want to buy in hundred percent and be part of a program that I think is really special. And what really helped me when we went, when we did really well, I thanked those kids afterward and said, man, I think I still am pretty good as a coach, you know, but when it's all said and done, it comes down to the players that you're able to bring in and their commitment to the programs. Uh, you know, you know, coach Brunson, of course, you know, him. you know, that that's a huge addition to our university along with Jim Good, our football coach who yeah. has just been hired, you know, those, these are, these are additions that the university is putting in play to make sure that, that we are getting better. We have a new president, president Newkirk. Right. The university. She is phenomenal. She is so supportive of athletics. It's not even, I mean, the, 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 the tweets, the responses she gives to all the programs is phenomenal and how much she's all in. So when you've got an environment where people are coming all in, then yeah, you're going to have success. And we're going to continue to push that as, as far as we can. I would take more of your time, but you kind of, kind of brought something up that I, I kind of was curious about. So you, you talk about also being the student athlete, they got to graduate. You don't want to take class time away, but at the same right. time, dedicated to the program. How much right. of a, is that a balancing act, especially from your perspective and B how difficult is it to find the student athletes? I mean, we know they exist. We see them in the UAA. Yep. We see them in the NESCAC. But how difficult yep. is it to find them for you guys? It, I mean, we're in California. You know how many colleges are in California? A lot. <laughs> so it's 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 hard, you know, to try to find these kids. And let's be honest. Every kid wants to go D1. Every kid wants to be, you know, if they can't go the D1. The glory of the scholarship D1. that just isn't really glory. Absolutely. You know, they, they want to post it on social media. They want everyone to see, you know, where they're going and all that kind of stuff. I still recruit those kids because I tell those kids all the time, listen, if you're good enough to play there, imagine how much you'd play here. You know, if Great. you really ride the bench there, but you'll play for something here. If you really love basketball and you really want to play, go somewhere you'll play. Doesn't even have to be Redlands, you know, go somewhere where you'll actually play and not sit on the bench for a couple of years and hope they don't recruit over you. You know, yeah, true. Right. that yeah. happens in some place. I'm not going to say all places. Oh, no, it happens. happens. It happens everywhere. Let's be honest. You, yeah. yeah. If someone talent comes along, that's mm -hmm. going to make your program better and is better than talent you already recruited. You're a fool not to bring that talent in. Even if you just kind of submarine talent you already brought in, you, you lose your job Absolutely. otherwise. Absolutely. And that's true. You know, even at the division three level. True. When it, nothing's it, promised. Right. And that's, and that's the whole thing. I tell kids all the time, you want to come here and play, come here and play, but I ain't promising you anything. Yeah. You know, you got to come and prove it. It'd and be I, interesting and I, how many text messages I've gotten from some who are like, Oh my gosh, we haven't even applied to the school yet. And the coach has already told us he's got a spot on his team for him. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot not of things point. to jump through yeah. first, like the application. Yeah, that's that's a little piece, you know. You got to have good grades, test scores, all that yeah. stuff's important. You and, know? and then you still got to show up and, and be you on still campus. Got to show up and live on campus, and then you got to pay for it. Well, true. You know, we're we're not a public school. Some of the Midwest schools, you know, that are that don't have yeah. the high cost that we have. You know, it's expensive to come to Redlands. You it's know, true. so hey, I, I talk to you more, but I know you got better things to do, and and I do appreciate. I, I actually it. don't, so I'm good. If you want to, no, okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I will, we'll solve all of, of D3's problems then. let's, let's chat. Hey, no um, problem here. I appreciate the time. Really do. Uh, great conversation. Thank you very much. Uh, as always, though, we give the coach the final word, any final thoughts you want to share from, uh, inside the mountains, as it were, uh, out there in Southern California. Well, I know right now it's about 72 degrees and sunny. So 
if you don't want to come to Redlands, I don't know why. Let me let me tell you, it's nice out here right now. What are we in January? Yeah, that's that's normal for us. So yeah, think oh, about I it. I experienced um, it in November, sir. <laughs> Ninety degrees that wasn't humid either was nice. No humidity at all. But I, I want to thank you, Dave. I, I appreciate this opportunity. I always do. Um, I love D three. You know, uh, I love our conference. I think it's just it's just it's so great to find kids who who get it you know, who want to get a degree and want to get on with their life after basketball. And to me, I love that. I love having these kids in, in my program. I love seeing these kids throughout the D3 nation because they got it. They get it. Academics is so important. And I, and I appreciate getting those kids in my program and other programs that I see. So I just appreciate you giving us the time on the West Coast. And like I said, two years ago, don't forget about us because we're for real. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm not forgetting. I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm okay. looking. I'm looking forward. I'm not. That's not. Neg- that's not even a shot. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm waiting. I, the men. Hopefully, certain- hopefully we get put in a place where we can actually compete and not get thrown, you know, in the first round against the eighth ranked team in the nation right off the bat. You know. So you should probably get ready for the eighth ranked team in the nation. Though I would argue, maybe a dubious <laughs> pick. I don't know. Just we'll saying. take anybody. Let's be honest. We will take anybody. It oh, I know matter. you will. Hey, uh, enjoy it out there, sir. Uh, well, not it. too much. Try and enjoy it. And next no, next November, should I be honored to be out there again? I will try and get in for a game. I would absolutely love to have you anytime. Oh, I would love to be there. Trust me. Uh, we'll <laughs> see if it works out this year. You just got to get a couple home games early in your schedule. No pressure. I'll do it. You tell right. me when you're coming. I'll schedule it for you. Sounds good. <laughs> it's a little challenging. I usually find out the last minute, but I'm, I'm willing to see how this works out. Sounds good to me. Hey, Rich, take care of yourself. Great chat. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. He is Rich Murphy, head coach of the Redlands women's basketball program. Again, they are 11-2 and overall, 7-0 and in conference play. Coming up next, they got Claremont Mud Scripps and Occidental on the road, and then Pomona Pitzer and Whittier at home. Good to chat with them. Fun talk. When we come back, we'll take uh, we'll just wrap things up and give you a, kind of a, a sense of things from uh, the NCAA convention as well. You'll listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. That's why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoops. Hello, everybody. As we wrap up the show, a little quick thank you to my son, Andy. He's been dealing with uh, being on the show, as I promised him over the years, to finally could. <laughs> and then we have technical issues up the wazoo every night that's different, uh, which means we're going to have more conversations with people about why. Uh, but he was in here. You might have seen him sneak out the door during one of our segments. He had to get to bed because 
Well, there wasn't anything he was doing because we, we isolated it back into our main system here. Uh, and on top of that, he's got school tomorrow. Uh, but I appreciate him all the same. It's fun to have him in here. A couple things to wrap up. Did not get a chance to mention um, Oswego's big win over Platteville. I was talking to a coach earlier today. And by the way, you don't know who because I talked to lots of coaches <laughs> in a given day. He thinks Oswego's the second best team in the country. Um, interesting argument. I would love to love to kind of dive into that one a little bit more. But um, Oswego, you know, good program. Platteville's pretty solid. That was a really good game. Looking forward to going back on that one. And taking a look, I didn't get to watch it as much as I wanted to. I'll go back and watch some more of it. Um, the top twenty-five, I think, is fascinating. Um, I'm not so locked in anymore as I as I would. I, I'm pretty locked in on Macon. The question is, do they become the unanimous number one pick now that um, uh, Plantville lost? I don't know. There may be some who say, including myself, who would tell you Plantville losing in the WIAC is is not a surprise, especially to an Oshkosh team's number five. So Plantville may not lose first place votes, and I would be completely understanding of anybody who decides not to, to dump those votes. Um, they may stay number two. They are what? 42 points ahead of Illinois Wesleyan. I, honestly, I'm still a little weirded out by Illinois Wesleyan, but number three, but with WashU four doing the head to head, but anyway, Oshkosh five and some good, some good games are out there, folks go out there and check them out on the women's side. Hope continues to win. I think their winning streaks up to 60. Now they're 16 and 0. Um, they were supposed to play Alma, but that game's already been postponed. So their next game up is Trine. So big matchup coming up uh, next Wednesday against Trine for Hope. Uh, keep an eye on that one. Uh, only because you just never know what might happen. That game, of course, being played at Hope makes it certainly much harder to try for trying to win at DeVos. Um, but still, you never know. You just never know. Uh, Christopher Newport, Transylvania, Simpson, and Trine rounded out your top five on the women's side. No change there except that Amherst fell from... Th- uh, three to seven with their loss. Um, of course, they've only played a handful of games. They got a bunch of makeups possibly, and that's the other thing that's going to jump out here is we're going to have a bunch of teams that don't have their full complement of twenty-five games by the end by the time we get to conference tournaments. And I've already answered this a few times to personal messages. No, I don't think that's a big deal. Remember, uh, part of the criteria is not wins and losses; it's winning win-loss percentage. So they look at the percentage more than the hard. Uh, hard numbers of wins and losses. Um, What I think will be interesting is if a team is significantly off and needs an exemption because they're not going to get to the minimum of, was it 18 games, I think, or 20 games that you must play to be NCAA uh, eligible. Um, If a team's in that situation, excuse me, uh, that will make a a much bigger impact. Um, But otherwise, they're looking at win-loss percentages. The only time we're losing games is going to, is going to hurt is comparables, you know, head to heads and, and results versus regionally ranked opponents. Did you have two or three games against opponents that would be in those conversations? Then that's where it's going to be. It's going to hurt a bit. Um, But more importantly, go out and win the conference. Granted the NESCAC women, for example, completely on its head right now uh, from what you're used to, because uh, Bates who we had on earlier in the show after they beat Bowden is sitting on top of the conference with Trinity of Connecticut, three and zero. Both of them are eleven and three. Bowden's thirteen and three, three and one, and then it's Amherst, who's now ten and one and two and one, and Tufts twelve and two, two and one. It's just a very interesting women's race in the NESCAC with extra uh, players in there that I think a lot of people weren't expecting. Um, and then on the men's side of things, we talked about it on the top twenty-five double take on Monday. 
You know, Middlebury's 13 and 2, 4 and 0 in conference play. No one expected that, I don't think. Wesleyan's 15 and 1, 3 and 0 in conference play. Certainly playing well. Williams, are they, you know, that 13 and 1 we debated. Trinity Connecticut's 1 and 1 in conference, technically ahead of Amherst, who's 2 and 2 in conference. So, those are the places where uh, some of those games that we've spotted aren't going to be made up, but we'll see how it all works out. NCAA convention again, the constitution passed 80% of the uh, all all members uh, voted in favor of the new constitution that was above the two-thirds majority needed to ratify that. I've gotten a number of people who are disappointed. Again, as I said at the beginning of the show, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it wasn't the best deal for Division Three at all. Not going to pretend it was. But on the flip side of that, uh, it wasn't going to get much better. We could all bitch and moan that Division One's not giving Division Three the uh, respect it deserves, and especially the spotlight used on Division Three. But how are you going to change that equation? I, I just don't know how you change that. Voting down the Constitution doesn't change that, and I don't know what message it sends. So it is what it is. Um, just a heads up. For those of you wondering, a couple pieces of business. First off, if you're wondering about regional rankings, they will come out well into February. Remember, we have three weeks of regional rankings. So we won't see the first regional rankings until February 9th. So that is, uh, what, three weeks from now? Uh, one, two, yeah, three weeks from now will be our first regional rankings. I'm sorry, February 8th, a reminder in basketball, what they're doing this year is they're going to release them on Tuesday the 8th or on Tuesdays this year. So they're going to have all their meetings on um, rack-wise on Mondays, national meetings on Tuesdays. So the first rankings will be the 8th. Thus, we have um, penciled in February 3rd to be our marathon. So be on the lookout February 3rd for our first marathon. That'll come out after the uh, mock rankings have been done, and I say that just because they do some work the week ahead of time in the racks and national. And hopefully we'll talk to both chairs about things. Um, also, some piece of business. The next, believe it or not, the next three Hoopsvilles are going to be afternoon shows. Um, due to COVID and the complications and some other things, and it might be even more than two. Let's see, one or three. One, two, three, five of the four of the next five shows are going to be afternoon shows at this point in time because we have games that are being made up. So starting Monday the 24th, we're going to be on either at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to finalize that time. It just has to do with timing some other things. Probably 1 o'clock. 27th, we're going to have to be on at 1 o'clock. The 31st, we're going to have to be on 1 o'clock. Then the marathon on the 3rd. And then a 1 o'clock game on the, or show on the 7th. I've been asked to do some games on all of those days. And that takes priority, unfortunately. So we may not return to our 7 o'clock slot until February 10th. <laughs> So if you're following at all, 24th, the 27th, and the 31st of January will be on in the afternoon, most likely about 1 o'clock. The 3rd supposedly will be the marathon at this point, so we'll be on a good chunk of the day, anywhere from, we'll figure it out, We may, eight, 8 to 12 hours is usually how we do our marathon. Then the 7th will be on in the afternoon, and then we'll return to our normally scheduled, uh, actually we can't even return to the normal schedule on the 10th, that's probably going to be a pre-taped show. Because I need to go out of town. So we may not be back to our regularly scheduled broadcast until the 14th of February. I apologize. The show is on demand. The show is available on the podcast. There's a ways you can tune in. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. And I can't do anything about it. I apologize. 
Um, I want to double check some scores real quick before we leave because I know there were some big games up and I want to make sure we don't get a surprise before we go off the air that we should have listened to. Um, Travis says, what is the regulars? Oh, by the way, regional rankings, I meant to mention men have priority opening weekend reminder. Uh, what is the reason teams are capped at 25 regular season games budget? Because you have to have a regular season, uh, cap in all sports. If you look at division one, even they have caps at how many games you can play in the regular season max. Otherwise teams would go out there and schedule a bunch because they can afford it and some, and other teams wouldn't. So you, you have a cap. Um, so in Football, for example, it's 10 games in Division Three. Soccer, I think it's, what, 18 or 20? Um, it's 40, I think, in baseball and softball. I could have that number wrong, but I want to say it's 40. Uh, in basketball, it's 25. There's also a minimum to qualify. You can't go out there and play 10 games and say, hey, look at us. We're great. So I think that's 18 or 20 games is the minimum. Uh, 25 is your max. And by the way, just to be clear, your conference tournament counts as one game. So you can go out there and schedule 24 games if you have a conference tournament. Your conference tournament as a whole counts as the 25th game. So you could play two rounds, three rounds, or four rounds. It counts as a 25th game. That way that one's even as well. So people don't get screwed by bigger conference tournaments. Um, that's why you'll see in the NES, in the UAA, they'll only play 25 games total because there's no conference tournament. Whereas you'll see another team who has a conference tournament play 28 games. It's a little quirky. That's how it is. Um why, oh, why is the number 25, not 27? Uh, I think it breaks down to um, how many games can reasonably be fit in to a, the allowed amount of weeks of, of, of games being played. I don't have a better answer to that, but I think it's basically a ratio of how many games can logically be played during a season. Um, what is it, a 19-week schedule? Considering there's practices, I, there's, there's, there's a math there. I'll go double check. I, I mean, and that's why baseball and softball, for example, have more because they play double headers. And so it gets a little convoluted. Um, and volleyball had that problem as well. So there's a math there. I can certainly go get a better answer for you. I'll double check it. I also want to get a better answer because some of the topics that are going to be coming up in Division Three are going to revolve around a lot of this. Uh, for example, uh, last year we had the amount of days you could be with your team versus the amount of weeks a lot of people like the days idea. It kind of solved a lot of the things we talked about in the past. So don't be surprised if they tweak that. If they tweak that, what else can get changed? Uh, not games. I don't think games will be changed. There was an effort not so long ago to cut it down to 21 games. Um, anyway, so that's the easy answer, Travis. But I'll try and get a more uh, updated answer if I can somewhere down the road. Uh if for you tuned in and you missed some of the show because of our tech issues, I apologize. We will upload a better visual version of the show. Um, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't know what we're talking about because hopefully there were no issues with the podcast that we upload as well. Uh, NCAA Constitution, again, things to keep an eye on. Uh, red shirt, um, whether it will pass, uh, not pass, or be uh, what I call tabled or you know pushed off to another year. We have, this is strictly for basketball, and the AQ. The AQ is the other one to look at whether they'll reduce the number to six just because it's an interesting uh, situation. The AQ is more about other sports. Uh, Redshirt is about everybody. Um, there's also some other deal, uh, other items out there that are that are worth look, keeping an eye on. Again, I encourage you, if if you really want to be learn more about Division Three, what it's battling, what it's considering, what it's tackling, it's all that stuff, log on to... Um, um, 
that's interesting. Sorry, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, log on to our website and go to our last show, the special that we put together uh, about D3 being at the crossroads. Really good conversation. Just realized that when we tweeted out the Go Redlands, we grabbed the long, wrong picture and grabbed the Barry picture. So there you go. Just to add to our fun tonight. So that's going to do it. We'll be back on the air Monday. Again, afternoon show, 1 or 2 o'clock. We'll double check. And just stay with us on Twitter where we'll answer those questions or give you a sense of what time we're on. Um, I want to thank our guests, Todd McGinnis from Case Western Reserve, Margaret White from Marymount, Jason Leon from Oswego State, Rich Murphy from Redlands. And, of course, I want to thank Brendan and um, Scott for joining us for the double take. I want to thank the SIDs at Case Western Reserve, Marymount, Oswego, and Redlands for their help as well for getting our show on the air. I want to thank D3 Photography for when they give us video uh, pictures that we can use. I want to thank our friends at D3 Hoops as well for their support, especially with that NCA convention show. Uh, Pat really helped me uh, make sure to put that, you know, well, put a bow on it in, in joining me on the show, but also making sure to get it get its due attention as well. I want to thank uh, our Partners at the National Association of Basketball Coaches, Women's Basketball Coaches Association, of course, Blue Frame Technology and their Team One Sports app. If you happen to be watching this on the big screen, that's how you're doing it. We certainly appreciate it. Stay safe, everybody. Safe travels as well. And anybody of you who are out at the convention, safe travels back as well. Uh, appreciate it. Wish we were out there, but I guess we would just be doing another uh, day show considering how many we've got booked in the next week. Again, a reminder, we'll be on the air for day shows the next three Shows, Monday, Thursday, Monday. Uh, the next three shows will be on the air in the middle of the afternoon. Um, and other changes coming. Stick with us on Twitter. We'll give you an update on all of that. You've been listening to Hoopsville. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.